southern border is collapsing the of COVID infections. We amplify our power. We summon new strength. This is a recruitment ad. We'd be embarrassed. Diplomacy is back. Now the Taliban are back. Kabul is not in an imminent threat environment. The likelihood there's going to be the Taliban overrunning everything and owning the whole country is highly unlikely. They own the whole country now. The Taliban, the Taliban are now in complete control of Afghanistan. How did President Biden get this so wrong? Well, first of all, our mission hasn't failed. Yeah. If this isn't failure, what does failure look like exactly? You destroyed not Afghanistan, but the world! I don't care if you think I'm Satan reincarnated. You are very responsible. Zero responsibility. China is ready for friendly relations with the Taliban. We have to ask the Taliban for permission for American citizens to leave. True or not true? They they are in control. I can't uh, think of anyone better to lead this operation than. than uh... They're just chanting death to Hello, 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 ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to um, another edition of The Sea Report. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Can you believe we've made it? We're on the final day of August. That's right, the final day of the uh, eighth month of the year. Uh, it's pretty crazy, guys. This time has flown by super fast. And without stop, full speed ahead, it goes. But uh, good evening again, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another edition of the Sea Report. Coming up to you one day late this week. Uh, with my humblest apologies, I am your host, Mr. C. And uh, yes, the Sea Report. We are broadcasting live currently on the Foxhole app, Twitch, and Clout Hub. And we've got a pretty good show ahead of you guys tonight. Now, before I get into tonight's report, I uh, just thought I would let you guys know I apologize for missing yesterday's episode. Kind of what happens when you're a one-man band, right? And uh, I had some family matters that uh, came up that needed some attempt paid to. And, uh, well, I won't get into the details because that's not what the C-Report is for. Uh, but uh, tonight, later on tonight, I might do a, a short live and just uh, let you guys uh, know what's been going on. It's just uh, some stuff coming up with came up with my mom uh, that needed some attention. And, uh, you know. Um, I got family comes first, guys, even though uh, you guys are my family out there, too. Uh, all of you guys, uh, I love and appreciate very, very much. Uh, so I hope you will forgive me for yesterday's uh, miss. And, uh, you know, I was uh, in contact with a few friends. I put I put some, you know, feelers out here and there on the uh, various uh, uh, platforms I can, you know, reach out uh drop to note in pill.net drop to note over in my discord so thank you all uh for those of you uh who are in touch and uh for the well wishes uh in regards to uh to what i had going on there but uh but but i think tonight maybe i'll do a i'll do a short a brief live and uh you know 
just kind of talk about it there for a little bit. Because uh, you know what? The C Report is for the news and for reports and uh, analysis and uh, commentary and stuff like that. So I'm sure you guys can appreciate it. But I thank you again very much. Uh, and also excited to be back. Excited to be back in the saddle with the friends and uh, the rest of the people out there in the interwebs uh, who uh, may stop in uh, to check out what the C Report is all about. And we do this Monday through Friday at 7.30 p.m. Central. Uh, as always, and have for every day since February 2nd of this year. So I guess that would mean uh, since February now, I've officially missed two days. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think that's too bad. I don't think that's too bad. I think uh, I think if it was like one of those, you know, uh, 40, 40 hour a week jobs, sometimes yeah, nah, I guess it would be unfair to say it feels like that. But anyways, uh, you know, I think I would have one of those uh, those absences stricken from my record already. So anyhow, ladies and gentlemen, it is good to be back. We've got quite a bit of news for you guys tonight. Uh, of course, uh, we still have everything that is going on around around uh, the world in the United States of America in regards to uh, in regards to uh, headlines, 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 you know, um, uh, parsing through what was out there nowadays, uh, man, there was just uh, there was a lot of stuff coming up, a lot of stuff coming up uh, since yesterday, you know, because even though I was not on the air and uh, stuff like that, I was still, you know, trying uh, trying to get through some uh, uh, information and uh, stories and headlines and stuff like that uh, whilst I was uh, um, keeping my family company. And, uh, you know, like I was like, man, so there's a lot of stuff coming out right now. We got a lot of things going on. And uh, uh, I was like, ooh, it looks like it's going to be a full news story now. Let me tell you for today, when I was getting today's story together, I was like, man, I was like, this is going to be a tough one because uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to, you know, uh, pick and choose what stories to share with you guys. Uh, now, for sure, you know, Afghanistan is still going on, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are privy to some of the details. We won't get too much into Afghanistan tonight, I promise you, uh, other than the uh, other than the uh, customary, uh, customary um, um, Afghanistan and uh, Taliban monopolized um, uh, statements uh, from President Trump. And we only have one tonight, actually. Uh, President Trump was filled with a whole bunch of, in case you missed it, moments uh, on his statements page or otherwise known as his, um, known as his, uh, um, what do you call it? His telegram page. Uh, Cause that's where I seem to pick up everything. So yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we got a lot going on there. I mean, a lot, I mean, this articles are pouring and pouring and pouring out on that. And you know, I've, I've had a, I've had a question mark over some of the things that have been reported only because, I'm very mindful of the narrative that the mainstream uh, legacy fake news media puts out, you know, uh, whenever they're spinning their yarns. But, uh, you know, uh, we all we all try and figure things out. We all try and discern things in our own way. And, uh, man, I can tell you what, guys, it is uh, it's really coming down. It's really coming down and coming to a head all at the same time over in Afghanistan in regards to uh, this current administration and also the way the world perceives us as perceives us as um, um, a superpower, a world power, uh, the most uh, the most powerful country in the world. Um, and yeah, I'm sure opinions are changing. And uh, that's not uh, with the lack of detriment to the citizens of this country itself. We had uh, more reports on COVID and uh, the pandemic coming out. 
you know, and um, in, in that regard, man, I was actually going to throw about three or four COVID stories down that I felt of note tonight, but we're not going to make it today because uh, we have we have a lot of uh, a lot of other stuff to, uh, to cover today. Uh, most importantly, uh, we have two. Well, actually, guys, there are two new Trump interviews. Uh, we will be listening to some tonight. Um, there's, I actually have three interviews with Trump uh, that have come out recently. And, you know, we like to archive the words of our president here at the Sea Report. So we do listen to um, the, uh, we do listen to his interviews and any speeches or rallies that he gives um, um, in, in completion. Uh, so, uh, but, but man, guys, like these are hefty, hefty, heavy duty interviews. Two of them are about an hour long. Two of them are about an hour long. One of them's, uh, you know, about 20, 25 minutes long. So uh, for tonight, we will be listening to two interviews with President Trump. Uh, these will be the most recent interviews and may end up making the third one, you know, a little bit obsolete. Um, uh, but uh, nonetheless, nonetheless, uh, we'll listen to two of them today. Uh, we will start with his interview with um, um, OANN that uh, came out, I believe, within the last day or so. It might have been a day ahead of, it might have been two days, but I think it was within the last day or so. A big time breaking interview uh, discusses a lot of things. Uh, this is, you're going to hear things about uh, Trump. Um, saying things about uh, Biden and the Afghanistan situation that are being quoted everywhere now. And uh, so that is one of those. And then the second interview that we will have with uh, President Trump tonight uh, will be with uh, it will be an interview that he did this morning on Varney and company. Uh, so uh, what we'll do tonight is we will sandwich the report in betwixt President Trump's interviews so we'll start with the uh, OANN interview that he did first. And then at the end of the program, we will listen to the Varney and Company Trump interview uh, from this morning. And uh, we've heard we've heard Trump speak with both Varney and Company and both uh, with the folks over at OANN. So uh, it'll be uh, it'll be nice to hear and uh, just uh, kind of hear what he has to say, because, again, guys, a lot of stuff is going down right now. And I think um, I think a lot more of the narrative that is being supplied to us is unraveling. Uh, kind of makes me wonder about it, but uh, I'll, I'll hop into that in just a minute. Uh, other things that we have going on around, uh, you know, the United States of America, in addition to these COVID reports dropping, and there's been a lot. I'm sure if you guys might uh, be privy to that, um, you know, like we had a, you know, I don't trust the Lancet report uh, due to the fact that, you know, they um, published a, um, an article or published papers uh, that in fact helped spur on this fake pandemic. You know, um, but and later on, of course, that article was uh, was retracted. Uh, but uh, there's a new report out of the Lancet that's talking about um, talking about the numbers of deaths and and um, also uh, it was uh, regarding the uh, regarding the uh, viral load who um, uh, of those of whom who have been vaccinated carrying a, a much bigger viral load. And then, of course, we have reports uh, coming out from the CDC and other places that are talking about how they crunch the numbers to fool people uh, while omitting vital information that would lessen the headlines. And these are things that we all know about. Uh, but interesting that it's it's coming out and it's being put into uh, the public forefront, even on even in uh, even in uh, venues that uh, typically would be used to weaponize this entire fake pandemic against the United States population. 
Uh, we have put, we have open protests occurring now in America, uh, massive ones, and then maybe not as masses, not massive as they are in Europe, maybe not as massive as we see them in Australia, uh, but we have hundreds of people showing up now to protest the mask and the vaccine mandates are coming to America as our uh, treasonous lawmakers um, are attempting to pass that. Uh, whether it be by state or by federal agency. So uh, there's that going on right now. We have the truck drivers uh, who have uh, staged a protest today. Uh, now, I have inf I had information on that. I don't have uh, footage or, uh, you know, any articles about how that went. Uh, you know, I'm not on the road, so I, I don't know if, uh, if you guys noticed a lack of 18-wheelers and truck drivers out there today. Uh, but apparently there was a truck driver's protest today happening in these United States of America. So a lot of things going on. You know, we also have the Project Veritas videos that have been dropping. And I'm sure you guys have uh, heard about those within the last uh, week or so. Two DHS whistleblowers, uh, you know, spilling the beans on uh, what, um, you know, illegal aliens and others can get away with and the loopholes that they exploit them with. And by them, I mean our federal government. And then, of course, also we had a breaking, a breaking Project Veritas video about a teacher who is an openly Antifa affiliated member. Um, espousing uh, his claims of um, radicalizing high school students. That one was quite interesting to watch. We're not covering any of this stuff today, guys. I'm just letting you know there's a lot of things going on right now. Of course, we also had a hurricane that rocked uh, the coast of, uh, I guess, New Orleans, right? It's not, it's not a coast per se, you know, but uh, attacking there in, uh, in uh, Louisiana, I guess them being the, uh, the, uh, those who held the brunt of that hurricane blast. Um, and then, of course, for those of you who didn't know, it's also uh, it's also uh, the Speak Uneasy's birthday. So happy birthday to the Speak Uneasy. I don't know how old he's turning or young, uh, but uh, yeah, see, I told you there's a lot of stuff going on today. And uh, for those of you joining us over at Twitch or at, or at Clout Hub, uh, if you want to jump in on the conversation, I will typically, I'll, I'll engage over in Twitch. Whoops, I don't know what that's all about. I'll, I'll engage over at Twitch every now and then. Uh, you know, we do have some, um, some, uh, sea report supporters over at Twitch that keep the light on, uh, in that, uh, in that most, um, most, uh, <laughs> desolate crowd. Uh, but if you want to join in the conversation, uh, I'd, I'd recommend hopping on over to the foxhole.app. Wonderful community of patriots on a free speech platform where they do not censor you. And I can say things like COVID and I can say things like election fraud and audit. And I don't have to worry about being censored because that is not the foxhole.app style. So uh, if you want to be part of that, then I highly recommend you jumping over to the foxhole.app and join the community. Get into the sea chats. And uh, everyone will make you feel nice and warm and roasty toasty, guaranteed it. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Had one day off. I guess it was a three-day weekend. For, well, actually, no, it wasn't a three-day weekend for me. It was a two-day weekend for me. Because <laughs> we, uh, we were here on Saturday evening, of course, and Saturday afternoon. Um, and again, you know, for the sake of those in the podcast, as well as those listening over at Clout Hub, who is our newest platform that we are streaming on. 
um, yeah, um, uh, the Mr. C TV channel and also Mr. C channel over at the foxhole dot app. Uh, we do uh, three shows here at this channel. Uh, we have the C report Monday through Friday at 730 p.m. Central. We have Lone Star News where we cover Texas news and current events um, on Saturdays at 3 p.m. Central Time. And then, of course, uh, we have the late night Mr. C in the Dark at midnight on uh, Friday and Saturday night or Saturday and Sunday morning, however you want to look at it, uh, where we get to take a casual and relaxed look at the day's headlines. We get to chat, chill, and we have uh, special guests on. It's always a good conversation, um, uh, typically at uh, Mr. C in the Dark. And, uh, you know, we had some, I mean, in my opinion, we had some really good conversation uh, this past weekend, uh, both Friday and Saturday, if uh, you guys did not get to catch it, I highly recommend you go back and take a gander. And uh, the Lone Star News 2 stuff is, is, is also, um, for me, it's really fun to do, uh, you know, because I am a Texan. You know, I'm here in South Central Texas or Central South Texas. No, South Central, South Central. I guess that'd be more appropriate. We're not centrally South. We are Southfully Central. Uh, but, you know, um, yeah, so as a Texan, you know, just kind of taking a look at uh, my own backyard and uh, sharing new stories that may not make it onto the national scene so you can see what Texans are, uh, you know, doing uh, in the fight for America, but also as well, um, some of the challenges that we may be facing. Uh, because, you know, it goes without saying, uh, you know, um, where where we may face uh, any type of challenge or opportunity, sometimes called uh, persecution, uh, you know, or or attack um, for for most most definitely speaking, um, you know, uh, sharing the information is vital uh, so that in case, you know, there is uh, any type of uh, expansion of those problems or we're seeing them in other areas around the world, you know, we'll be familiar with what it is those opportunities and challenges are. And uh, we can share ideas amongst ourselves as a community of patriots, brothers and sisters um, to try and thwart, stop and stifle uh, the approach of uh, the approach of um, whatever uh, unpatriotic communist socialist uh, attacks, uh, tr uh, transhumanist attacks might be coming our way. So it's always good to have that with us, in my opinion, at least it is. So, yeah, so that's what we do, guys. Um, that is what we do here at the Mr. C channels. And like I said, uh, with the exception of uh, Saturday's Lone Star News, it's a one-man band. So, um, you know, I will be here throughout as long as I can. So welcome, welcome, welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm glad to be glad you are here with us. Uh, now I'm going to jump on over into the chats real quick before we get on with the show, see who's hanging out. Skeeter Burke was uh, dropping messages prior to uh, showtime. So good evening, Skeeter Burke. Glad to have you back in. Uh, Pappy45 is also in the house. Dropped a link. Um, I will check that link out at some point uh, tonight, probably, Mr. Pappy45. Welcome to the chats. I haven't seen you here before. And it's uh, good to have you with us. Just V, good evening, Miss Just V. Good to have you with us. Good to see you again, also. Good to see you again and good to be back. Aurelius Slot, good evening, sir. We missed you part of the week last week. I hope you're doing well. But um, being that you are back in the chats, I'm sure that you're doing fine. Uh, let's see. And also, let's see what else we have going. Just V says, I missed this yesterday. <laughs> I can't believe how addicted I am. Oh, Miss Just V. <laughs> I missed you guys too, trust me. 
trust me, I was, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I just, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's become part of my daily, you know, so uh, it's, it's always nice. And, uh, you know, you guys are always great to hang out with, you know, and, uh, you know, I mean, what, what else can I say? But uh, I missed you guys too yesterday. So glad you're back and glad to be back. And I, I'm hoping everyone's all smiles because I know I feel like I am now. <laughs> One, two, three, SKG. Good evening and welcome back in. Good to see you. Love the red coat, says one, two, three, SKG. Yes, indeed. I saw that comment you dropped over on uh, Pilled by the Rabbit's Ties. Appreciate you, sir. <laughs> or ma'am. Sorry about that. Oh, man. And let's see here what we got. Uh, let's see. Uh, Just V says, I've been working as a ballot observer for the recall. Um, I hope we can overcome Newsom's cheating. Indeed, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've heard about those reports coming out of California. Um, and uh, and though it may not be asked or required, you know, uh, thank you just be for uh, doing your part um, uh, over there in your state in regards to um, elections and election work. Um, you know, and, and actually, ladies and gentlemen, as you might notice by the little uh, header we have here on the screen today, um, we will be uh, featuring um, we will be featuring a video um, of Kevin Kiley speaking um, at um, a GOP assembly meeting in Bakersfield, California. More details on that uh, when we get to it. Um, but make sure you guys stick around for that. Uh, a very charismatic speaker. Um, I think you guys will like what he has to say, especially as he's now, uh, you know, entering basically into the national audience. Uh, you know, he's no longer going to be just your regional California assemblyman, especially when he's going out against the likes of, you know, um, of a globalist deep stater, Gavin Gruesome Newscom in the California recall that does not happen. Well, I mean, it, it seems like recalls happen a bit more often in California. Uh, but for a fact, you know, recalls don't come around every blue moon and what we have a blue moon at least once a year, right? Anyways, so Skeeterberg, thank you for donating the 117 gold pills. The British are coming. <laughs> you calling me a red coat, Skeeterberg? <laughs> oh man, I've been called much worse, so it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That is too funny. You're 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 a sweetheart, Skeeter Burke. Thank you for that. And uh, <laughs> oh my goodness, you're gonna make me blush. No, just kidding. Yeah, I know. I've been I've been called worse than a red coat. I've been I've been called a liberal. <laughs> Anyways, yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, isn't it infuriating? They're telling people to print their ballots at home, says Skeeter Burke, to just be another factor of possible fraud, or I guess you should, I guess I should say, um, uh, enabling fraud over in California. I mean, what we already had uh, envelopes that give away give away a clue as to how voters are going to be voting, uh, you know, and I'm sure the postmaster generals, you know, the uh, the postmaster uh, supervisors and uh, and the post workers themselves uh, might have a bias. Yeah, don't say right. Like, I don't understand how that could even fly. But you know what? Who's who would be in charge of ensuring that uh, all the envelopes are secure in regards to an election? Would it be a county clerk or would it be, per se, the uh, secretary of state? over in uh, 
any given state, uh, you know, usually they're the ones who kind of make sure that everything's uh, on the up and up, or at least all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. If that responsibility falls back on the Secretary of State, someone should uh, someone should get a hold of that lady over there in California and ask them why they allowed that to happen. You know, and aside from that, you also had the uh, the 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 printing of the ballots, which you know, uh, based on uh, based on um, you know uh, um, uh, based on acknowledged and uh, studied studied uh, information, uh, could very well, uh, based on the folding of the paper, um, uh, cause a cause a vote for Larry Elder to uh, not go through or to go into adjudication. And if we don't have diligent and, uh, um, you know, uh, um, patriotic, I would say patriotic. I mean, I would I would definitely say uh, working your elections is a patriotic thing to do. But if we have election workers who are not patriotic, who don't do their due diligence and have no sense of integrity, you know, uh, they would most definitely uh, adjudicate a ballot vote for Larry Elder to someone else. And uh, we know that for a fact because we have reports of that happening in uh, New Hampshire, as well as in Michigan and other places. Uh, so it's not that it's not to say that hasn't happened before, and it most definitely has happened before. Uh, Skeeterberg says that Kylie character seems like a pretty good dude. I would agree with that. I would definitely agree with that based on what I've seen and also based on what I've read about his experience uh, in uh, his line of work, uh, you know, which I mean, I guess you could say as a uh, as a proper uh, member of the California um, House legislature uh, and also some of the bills he's passed, you know, and uh, other um, points on his resume. Uh, seems like he would be a good fit for a governor, you know, but uh, when we're talking about California, it's going to boil down to uh, getting gruesome off the ticket by recalling him and then at least getting a conservative in office. Um, and right now, Larry Elder stands a better chance of that simply because his name is more uh, recognized than a Kevin Kiley. And let's not forget, guys, as of today, August 31st, uh, we're including today, and today is almost over, we're 15 days away from the recall in California scheduled for September 14th, which was moved up from October, I think mid-October. So, uh, you know, that uh, that, lessens, uh, that lessens a candidate's ability to really get the name out there, unless, uh, you know, there's some kind of scandal, and they become a national headline. And uh, someone whose name they recognize in the homes of America. But for now, Kevin Kiley's uh, getting his airtime in California proper. And also, also in the reports over at the C Report on the Mr. C channel, Mr. C TV, uh, we'll give Kevin Kiley some love because I think that I think that uh, gentleman has a future uh, in um, in lawmaking uh, in America. Um, and uh, I could definitely see him going up to a federal arena. But for now, let's focus on helping out our friends in California and getting that state, a true red state, fixed and cleaned up because that's what we need right now. Um, we need our statehoods to be fortified. We need our statehoods to be fortified so that we can together stand against the onslaught of federal overreach and treason that we are seeing happening pretty much on the daily here in these United States of America. 
Uh, what else do we got? Skeeter Burke, you are just uh, lighting up these chats today. She says, um, she says, I was so mad. I live in Texas, but I wanted to print out a ballot and fill it in with crayon. <laughs> oh, oh, they be stripping us of those simple pleasures, right? <laughs> right, Skeeter Burke? Oh my goodness. Well, you know, Skeeter Burke, um, I, I don't know. We covered on Lone Star News and I apologize. You were probably in the audience. I just, my memory, my memory uh, fades from right now. We were covering the uh, gubernatorial race elements of that on Saturday in Lone Star News. And uh, I don't think I'm going to jump ahead of the story, but you know, um, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Alan West's wife was arrested on, on, on false DWI charges, you know, and, uh, you know, I back the blue, so I'm willing to say, you know, I'm willing to agree with the chief of police and, and others who defended uh, the police officer that was uh, that arrested, um, arrested uh, Angela, Angela West. That's uh, 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 Colonel Allen West's wife, you know, uh, because they said, I mean, for whatever reason, and, you know, it, to me, it's always bias. But for whatever reason, they had reason to suspect that she was, in fact, you know, uh, under um, the influence of, of alcohol, you know, uh, even though they did the entire test on her breathalyzer and well, actually, she wasn't quite able to breathalyze. But uh, I mean, she walked that line much. Uh, she walked that line far straighter than I ever could. And, uh, you know, but still she suffered that humiliation. And, you know, I would have called it political persecution. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting there and gabbing about it with the Texan and, you know, we call foul, you know, we call foul because it just don't seem right. You know, something is not right about that entire situation. Come to find out, not only did Alan West's wife get arrested that same night, but also his chief of staff for his campaign was arrested within the same hour on the same night that his wife was arrested. Now, as we know, there are no such things as coincidences. One really has to wonder if this was a political attack on, uh, on a candidate for the governor of Texas, Alan West. And I firmly believe that it was uh, because like I said, his, the, the two most important women in his life at this moment, I mean, his wife will always be number one, but you know, it just so happens that his chief of staff is also, you know, a woman, but the two most important women in his life arrested within the same hour, within the same day in the same city. I smell foul on that one, ladies and gentlemen, but people are investigating into that. You better believe conservatives and conservatives in Texas are looking into that uh, most wholeheartedly. And uh, they're kind of asking if uh, Governor Abbott might have had anything to do with that. But uh, we'll wait until Saturday and hopefully more details have surfaced in the regards of that story, because that is a very, very interesting story, if you ask me. Very interesting indeed. Uh, Aurelius says, uh, it seems just as busy today as any other day. Can you imagine, Aurelius? Can you imagine? And that means I got, I had a lot more on my, I had a lot more on my plate today and a lot more I had to, uh, to, uh, you know, kind of, uh, uh move away from, uh, we'll get into it again. We'll get into the thick of it tomorrow for sure. There's a lot of things going on. Uh, maybe we will talk a bit about Afghanistan. We'll see. Um, uh, Aurelius also says, uh, is it's good. I'd rather not see that Veritas video again for the fifth time. Which one are you talking about? Two DHS and one, uh, one, uh, what do you call it? One on Antifa teachers, you know, the, uh, communist teachers who are taking over 
taking over our schools. I'm so embarrassed for my generation. You know what I mean? Like the, the people of my generation. And, I, you know, when I see these people like that, that idiot who is like, um, 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 I don't have a flag in my room because um, <laughs> it made me uncomfortable. Like, what the hell is she talking about? Okay, now let me tell you about these people. Okay, because I know these people because I went to school with these people. And I sniffed them out then. Now, you know, I was, like I said, I've never been a top 40s guy. I never hung out with the in crowd. I was always on the outside. And uh, quite frankly, people were afraid of me in high school. Uh, not that I did anything wrong. It's just, uh, anyways. So uh, these people who are currently running our schools, okay, they are the ones in high school that were mindless. Uh, you know, they were mindless crowd followers. Uh, they were, they were people who, who lived by the book, who did what they were told, right? And, and that's not necessarily to say that they're a bad thing, but, but by that, I also mean they were brainwashed by the media and just went along with everything. And, you know, we're talking about popular culture here. And they would look at people like myself, who stood against the grain, stood out like a sore thumb, and yet was still very successful and also still, um, you know, you know, I, I did very well in high school. Let's just put it that way and, and beyond. But uh, but I was always against the grain. I was always a difference of opinion to the po to a point that a lot of them figured me as being rebellious. Now, these people who were scared sheeple back in high school. Right. And, and only did what the TV and, you know, you know, uh, you know, society told them to do now in in the prime of their life you know, in their late to early 30s, have decided to take it upon themselves to be that uh, that rebel of society and to go against the grain. And they have absolutely no context about what they are doing because it's all self-important, egotistical crap that they are forcing on everybody because of their own personal beliefs. And, and they decide that now is the time for them to really, you know, rebel and, and go against the grain. Uh, which makes absolutely no sense to me because, you know, look at me, you know, I, I, I would like to say I'm a pretty well-rounded and well-adjusted member of society, you know, as, and, and I mean, you know, my rebellion back then had absolutely nothing to do with the sake of rebellion, just uh, being able to see through the veil and the crap, you know, from a very young age. And I don't know, maybe this, uh, maybe this tirade is uh, completely, uh, completely, um, you know, unfounded. Uh, but that's the way it seems, especially when I see these uh, these supposed, uh, um, you know, well-adjusted and motherly and uh, Karen type adults, you know, uh, um, saying things like, oh, the flag made me uncomfortable. So I made them salute. I made them uh, pledge allegiance to the gay flag or or, you know, I have 180 days to radicalize my students. And, and I put the fear of, you know, everything in them in order for them to do it. What are they thinking? You know, I don't, I don't know. I do not know. Maybe it's because they were abused and got, and people got away with it when they were growing up too. And they just feel like they can do it. Or maybe it's because their, you know, their parental units were so lenient on them and gave them no discipline whatsoever. I don't know, guys, I'm ashamed of my generation, you know, and I'm at the very, very tail beginning of the millennials. Like, you know, some people who do this whole generational study and, you know, generation this and generation that and naming generation. Some of them say my year is included in that, like like year one, you know, some of them don't. Some of them don't. 
but the millennials are totally destroying this. Uh, <laughs> they're totally destroying society in this world. And uh, but but you know I I will say, the millennials that are good, they're good. You know, and uh, they seem few and far between. But uh, for the most part, they are just trashing America and this world, and they have absolutely no sense of respect or regard. And I think it's because uh, they never had the heart to question anything growing up. And so they're making up for it in their latter years. Anyways, the whole point of that, Aurelius, is I was wondering which video from Veritas you were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I used to play the Veritas videos because I think that they're good information. You know, uh, but usually it was just a filler. No, <laughs> I need to buy 15 minutes of time. No, just kidding. Uh, no, absolutely. You know, and, and of course I figured, you know, well, you know, we'll cover Veritas when we do. Well, cause Veritas does very good work. Uh, but for tomorrow's episode of the Sea Report, we're going to air the entire, uh, we're going to air the entire play Oklahoma featuring James O'Keefe. So get ready for a treat tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. Just kidding. <laughs> You guys know James O'Keefe was in Oklahoma, right? Like he did a he did a he did a live the, uh, musical theatrical rendition of it. Uh, I guess he was like the main cast or star or something like that. Anyways, funny stuff. We're not gonna watch Oklahoma, and we're not gonna watch uh, James O'Keefe in tight and chap. Oh, is it a chaps? You know, tight jeans and chaps. Yeah, we're not gonna watch it. Sorry, guys. Sorry, riding on a horse and uh, singing a little off key. Anyways, okay, I like James O'Keefe in jeans and chaps. But anyways, okay, getting back into this conversation. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here today. Pilled by the rabbit. Good evening, sir. I realize now I'm about uh, 20 minutes behind on chat. So let me get caught up. Mr. C has a chair and some duct tape for now. <laughs> That's how we keep it together here at the Sea Report, Skeeter Burke. <laughs> Uh, are you talking about Robert David Steele, the former CIA agent who is spousing things about uh, the elections and patriotism in America? But in fact, he's a CIA plant shill who still works for them undercover. He's a former spy whom I thought was noble for exposing, uh, you know, child sex trafficking and cleaning out the soul of this earth by exposing those who keep them in mountains and 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 uh, basically force them into bearing children without having any types of uh, uh, birth certificate, so it's easier to not track them. If you're talking about that, Robert Steele, he's a shill, my friend. Take what he says with a grain of salt. He is absolutely a shill. Aurelius, happy belated birthday. I knew it was someone's, you know, it was, it was uh, Aurelius. And, and I do apologize, my friend. I'll probably do a late tonight, y'all. And you guys don't have to stick around and watch it if you don't want to, but I'll probably do a late tonight, uh, a brief late tonight, so I can share with you guys what was going on with me. Um, because I, I like to do that um, outside of the report, so I don't take away too much time and make it personal, uh, because we're here to talk about uh, news and stuff like that. But uh, Aurelius, it wasn't intentional, I promise you. And happy belated birthday to you as well, my friend. I was like, Aurelius and Speak, their birthdays are back to back. I was like, what? It's a, they're back to back. I was thinking it was the 29th and the 30th. It's the 30th and the 31st. So yes, uh, everybody join in wishing Aurelius a happy belated birthday. And uh, absolutely thank you for being in the audience with us here today, 
uh, Aurelius. Thank you so much. Okay. Uh, let me see where else we got going on here. Um, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum. Oh, where am I? Sorry. I lost my spot for just a second. Um, uh, da -da -da -da. Oh, okay. So I just saw someone. That, oh, uh, Gina from West Virginia. Good evening, Gina. Gina, welcome into the show. Did anyone hear Robert David still dying? Oh, he died. Um, my bad. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's not funny. But uh, that doesn't surprise me um, now that I just told you everything that I told you about Robert David Steele, a uh, former CIA spy. He sat on the International Council of uh, Justice and something like that. I played one of his videos one time and he was talking about uh, he was talking about um, uh, it was it was a, a tribunal almost. It was this entire group of people from around the world that were talking about, uh, you know, human trafficking and, and child sex trafficking, talking about how Satanists run this country and what they do to the children uh, and what they do to maintain power. All of that's on par with my, you know, purview with what the way I see the way things in this world working. Uh, but from what I understand, you know, he was a total and absolute shill, still very much involved with deep state and also um, uh, in a military industrial complex um, um, agencies and uh, players. Uh, so that is that's why I say I, I take what he says with a grain of salt, because where these people give you some truth, uh, kind of like that, a uh, Steve Pychenik guy, kind of like that Alex Jones guy, who is also um, a, a member or working for uh, the military industrial complex as a uh, as an operative, um, they will give you they will give you information and some of it may be accurate, uh, but there will always be some sort of omission um, and uh, there will always be some sort of diversion coming from what they tell you. So absolutely, guys, um, that's where discernment comes into play 100 percent of the time. And uh, that is that is my understanding of Robert David Still. God rest his soul. Um, uh, I hope he I hope he um, I hope he um, alleviated himself himself of whatever may have uh, 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 affected him in his uh, final days. But uh, I'm gonna have to dig into that now, Gina from West Virginia. So thank you for sharing that. I'm very curious about the circumstances under which he passed. Uh, the last thing that Robert David Steele was doing up until this point that I'm aware of is uh, he had actually organized he had actually organized a uh, United States tour, uh, wherein uh, he and a bunch of other uh, patriotic-minded individuals and I cannot I don't know these people that were part of this camp or party to judge them. But they were taking a tour throughout all of these United States uh, to an uh, to um, to a lead up, right? All they they were touring, you know, singing patriotic songs, giving out the message of you know patriotism and fighting for America, America first, and magma, magma, maga, and it was all leading up to a an historic speech by President Trump at at Mount Rushmore on July fourth of this year. That's what he was telling everyone. He's like, we're going across America. We're rounding up patriots. We're rallying up everybody, blah, 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 blah. And, and it's all going to culminate at an historic speech at Mount Rushmore with President Trump on July 4th. And as we all know, that did not happen. 
but that is uh, that is what he was doing uh, before, I guess, he perished. That was the last major activity I heard about Robert David Steele before he passed. And again, I will look into that uh, to see what is going on, because I think that's very interesting. And uh, if he was an operative and or even a whistleblower, um, it uh, I mean, the guy did not look healthy. I'll give him that. But um, uh, it does not uh, surprise me that something like that may have happened. Um, and uh, I'm sure there's a, a more detail I can look into that in that regard. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got. Joan of Sark, welcome to welcome to the show. Sherry Pittsburgh, welcome to the show. Kitty Wu, welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to see you. Uh, Gina from West Virginia confirms ex-CIA and Marines, a big Q supporter and went after pedos. Yep, yep, yep. Some like him and others don't labeled a conspiracy theorist from way back. Yeah, I never labeled him a conspiracy theorist, but I did uh, come across some information um, that revealed him to be a an operative, uh, controlled opposition, um, you know, a uh, agent provocateur, um, stuff like that. Um, and, and that was based on his most recent resume wherein he admitted to still working for three-letter agencies and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, it's like we say with Alex Jones. I mean, he he works for the Stafford Group, which is a PR firm for the military-industrial complex based in Austin, Texas. And there ain't nothing like public relations and PR than, uh, you know, than someone who gets on uh, the news and the TV every day and gives you a point of view to mull over, right? Now, I'm not saying his information has not been helpful, um, but you have to worry about the intent in that regard. We have just a lurker in the house, Elf's Park. Welcome to the show, and thanks for saying hello. Zena is also in the house. Good evening, my friend. Good to see you back. Just uh, the Speak Uneasy. Did I say hello yet? Hello, Mr. Speak Uneasy. We already told everyone it's your birthday, so too bad. <laughs> Happy birthday, Speak Uneasy. And uh, I missed Aurelius Lock by one day, and I feel really bad about that now. So if there's a cloud over my show for the rest of the day, it's because I'm thinking about how I neglected Aurelius. <laughs> I'm not teasing either. I feel bad. Sorry, Aurelius. I remember writing the dates down too, but I couldn't find the paper. Okay, anyways. <laughs> Speak an easy gifts a cookie. Thank you so much for the gold pill donation, sir, at the head of the show. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's, uh, let's see what else, who else do we got in the house today? Gen C Bonneville. I love your laugh lurking as usual. Good evening, Gen C. Good to see you in the chats today over at the foxhole.app. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Uh, just V responds. County clerks are responsible for the envelopes that, uh, ballots are mailed out. And so county clerks, not, uh, uh, you didn't say the magic words. You, I mean, how can that, I don't know. I guess maybe all the county clerks are bought out in California. I do not know. Texas gal, good evening and good to see you. Uh, popping in for just a little bit. Mr. C, can you check your cash app? Tried to send you something. Was that you, uh, Texas gal? Um, if that was you, thank you. Um, let me see here. Let me Let me check real quick. Um, Texas gal, if your first and last name start with a P, thank you very much for your donation and sending some love over to my cash app. Um, it says for Las Vegas, do us proud. Um, and uh, thank you so much for that. And that's kind of the name of the game right now. In case any of you all were not aware or would like to know, um, trying to secure my position uh, as a press member over at the Patriot Double Down. 
happening in Las Vegas in October, I think along about the 22nd. Uh, so just waiting for confirmation on that. Um, other than that, um, you know, uh, like that donation will go towards my plane ticket. So thank you so much. Cause that's going to be, that's going to be last thing. Uh, we already have, well, uh, there's a, I already have some assistance with some room and board and um, I'll talk, I'll talk about that. Um, at another date, but uh, mo most definitely uh, to those of you who are pulling for me to get to Las Vegas, I, I thank you very much from my heart to yours. Thank you so much. And um, you will always be appreciated. But yeah, to, I would love to get in, uh, get to the Patriot Double Down. Like if you guys know, uh, during the Patriot Roundup, which happened here in my backyard here in Texas, uh, I was able to uh, secure a press pass for that so I could get into the event and cover it. Um, unfortunately, um, life had other plans for me and I had to take care of some situations here around the sea household, which is just to say, you know, um, I was taking care of my sister and, uh, and uh, yeah, but, but that's totally fine. You know, things happen the way that they're meant to happen for a reason. Uh, but, uh, looking towards getting to Las Vegas to definitely cover that, uh, and be amongst the friends, um, you know, and we'll, we'll see how that goes, but I'll keep you all, I'll, I will keep you all, um, uh, up to date and abreast on that as it develops. Uh, cause I'm excited guys. Like this would be, uh, I mean, uh, one, I would probably be one of my first major, major events to cover. And I would love to, love to, love to, uh, uh, do, do a good job and, uh, you know, doing some live feeds and also some interviews. Very exciting. Very exciting. I could probably pop in some of those questions that they aren't seeing coming. But anyways, yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, here we'll have people watching every part, signature verification, duplication, and adjudication. All right, just fees giving us a bit of a rundown on uh, the California recall and what they're doing. And I didn't, did I even finish talking about the fraud that's going on over there? They had the uh, they had the misprinted ballots. They had the see-through envelopes. Basically, they had some Yahoo running around with election ballots that were already filled out in his car. Uh, you know, so those are some of the things that they're facing over there. Uh, um, there was something else that just came up that smelled like fraud in California. Uh, maybe you can remind me just if you've heard the story. Disco Daphne, good evening and good to see you, sweetie. Welcome into the chats. Let me go ahead and uh, kind of move it along here because I am uh, getting behind. And uh, we got some reports to get into today. Uh, that's for sure. I'll pick up anyone on the new that's hanging out. Tombstone, welcome, welcome, welcome. Corrupt Dallas PD said it would take weeks for the uh, the uh, test to come back. Exactly, exactly, Tombstone. Weeks? What were they going to do? Hold poor Mrs. West in jail that long? I don't think so. She went out and got herself a urine analysis, like just when she got out of jail. Showed that she was clean for more than 80 hours of anything, anything at all. So yeah, yeah, that was terrible. Very corrupt, very corrupt, that is. Who else had their hand in that is the question, you know? Who else had their hand in that situation? Uh, let's see here, that stings to high heaven. The love is strong in the foxhole, says Disco Daphne. I got I got to agree with that. Gotta love it, the foxhole. Imagine a high schooler, Mr. C. <laughs> you guys could never imagine. I would have to show you pictures. I would have to show you pictures. Yeah, yeah, guys. Yeah, I, I told you the way I was in high school before. I've told you guys how I was. But anyways, uh, I don't sniff anybody. 
we'll keep that. That would be a little too TMI. An excuse uh, we can find to eat cake. Yes, any excuse we can find to eat cake. Absolutely. Uh, I strain, strangely love this foxhole celebration over any uh, 3D matrix I've had in this lifetime so far. Absolutely. All the loves and celebrations. Disco Daphne, yes, I am an 80s baby. I was born in 83. And that's about as much as I'm going to say. Actually, I was supposed to say the month, not the year. My bad. Yeah, I was born in 83. So I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a spring chick by any means of the words, uh, my, my ears are not as green as they used to be. Okay, yeah, they are participation trophies. Uh, it's so true, it's so true. <laughs> oh, one, two, three, SKG, don't you get me singing Oklahoma, okay? <laughs> and Tam Girl's talking about, it's like, hey, Tam Girl, talk, you know, Tam Girl, I have, I have faced it for saying side saddle. <laughs> Back in the saddle, not the side saddle. Well, you know, anyways, uh, Dragon Energy, Energy 45, good evening, uh, verifies that, uh, I guess she's, he's talking, she's talking about, uh, yeah, Robert David still being dead. Uh, Skeeterberg says James O'Keefe is a great dancer. Um, I enjoyed his music video. Um, was it, uh, uh, Oligarch Oligarchy? Uh, yeah, you know, I enjoyed it. I like James O'Keefe. You know, James O'Keefe was in my hometown on my mama's birthday last year. And I was like, I can't believe I missed him. What was I doing? Oh, wait, it was my mama's birthday. <laughs> he was at the Alamo. He did this entire expose on um, vote harvesting and voter fraud here in my hometown on the streets. I could have walked up to him and be like, James O'Keefe, I love you. And I love your, your leather jacket too, but uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's probably better that that did not happen because they would have had me on film attacking James O'Keefe. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, just the thought of it gives me butterflies. Okay, so uh, let's see here. What else do we got? I could outdance James O'Keefe any day of the week, though. I'll tell you that. And James O'Keefe, if you're listening, I challenge thee. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, I'm getting above my raisin here by challenging James O'Keefe. He's a national figure. Anyway. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sorry. That is hilarious, guys. You're making me laugh and blush at the same time. Anyways, okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I missed Cousin It's birthday, too, because we're on total different time zones. Oh, sorry to hear that pill. I haven't seen Cousin It come into the chats yet, by the way. Um, just so you know, I'm keeping my eye out. Uh, maybe, was well, it yesterday was the day for Cousin It to join in, and I was not present and accounted for. My goodness, do you see what happens when I take a day off, whether it be by necessity or not? Um uh, why do you call him a shill? I'm curious, says Gina from um, uh, West Virginia. I've heard both sides, but don't know wh who or what it was. Let me let me look back up into that, Gina from West Virginia. But there was a current, and it might have been a biography of himself, a current biography, a biographical sketch or resume, where he listed deep state globalist agencies. And I have to look it up in order for me to uh, give you the correct one. Uh, that he's still affiliated with and he still worked for uh, under the auspices of or 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 regardless, um, but uh, still working with deep state members. And you have to wonder what, in fact, 
is it is he doing involved with these crowds when he says that he was uh when he says that he was uh you know um a retired cia spy but still working for like globalist deep state uh agencies and groups like that's the reason why i say that uh but i i will dig back that information up um i know where to go looking for it so i can give that and you know what since it since if he did pass indeed uh we'll do it we'll do a story on it you know uh he gave this speech and again it was like at some international justice and something something forum where he and i'm sure you guys have seen it gave this entire entire uh um um speech about uh human trafficking in america and the people behind it you know um but um I, you know, when they say split the vote, uh, that's kind of what I gather was going on with people like, you know, uh, um, Robert David Steele and Alex Jones and Pychenik, you know, it's to split the vote and uh, or essentially to cause some type of division. Um, but even even Pychenik is currently known to be working for some globalist deep state agency or group a three letter or not he's still affiliated with them and i did a i did a, i had that in a report that i included on uh, one of the shows uh maybe about two months ago or maybe less than that uh where they talked about um who pychenic was still tied to uh but let me let me dig into uh that stuff with robert david Steele so i can get you the correct information um, uh, and by that, I mean accurate. Uh, but uh, from what I gathered from that information that I saw, that was the lasting impression about Robert David Steele as as well um, as well meaning as his intentions seemed. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes uh, the lies come in packages that look nice and purdy just so you can open it up and, you know, get a whole uh, bunch of spring snakes uh, popping up at you. Know what I mean? Anyways, I can't believe I caught up with chat, y'all. I caught up with chat. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Great to be back. Great to be amongst the family, the friends out there. And again, um, thank you also, Shanjo, for your... Uh, for your uh, donation of the gold pill cookies and 123SKG for a donation of the gold pill cookies. I missed something here. Oh, so that was you, Texas Gal. Texas Gal, thank you so much for the donation to my cash app. Uh, that money will most definitely be going towards my plane ticket to Las Vegas um, if I get my press pass. And I already have some help in that regard, too. Connie Ketchup, good evening. I didn't see you there. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Tam Growl, thank you for the cow. Uh, the cow. Thank you for the cow. <laughs> Sorry, thank you for the can, Tam Growl. And uh, cheers to better news. Yes, please, someone, anyone. Yes, we'll get you some good news tonight. We'll get you a we'll get you a mixed bag of news, but I think it'll be good news overall. Oh, I missed this part of the chat. Good evening, positive vibe seventy two. Welcome in. Uh, let me see. I want to make sure I didn't miss anyone before we get into the show. I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, and uh, let's see here. Uh, what does he look like? No, 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 no. We got that. You will know them by their fruits. Absolutely. Connie Ketchup said, um, let me see, what did you say real quick? Uh, Nancy drew on Telegram of all the embassies being torn down. What does it mean? Um, I have not heard and or looked into that. Connie Ketchup, thank you for the hint and the quick tip. Um, I'll take a look at it. Um, I'll take a look at it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now, guys. There's a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, Pilled by the Rabbit passes over a painting of the Cheshire Cat. Scratching into a tree. Ooh, I've never seen the Cheshire Cat get so violent. Very cool. 
Um, and uh, just to be asked uh, real quick, how is your sister? I hope she's doing great by now. Yes, just V. Uh, my sister has improved to the point of being very passionate about life these days. <laughs> uh, but you know, when I do my live tonight, uh, maybe I'll share a little bit of the information. Thank you for asking so much. Thank you so much for asking. Um, let me see. Uh, Dragon Energy 45, you're bringing me down. Dang. Sorry, Dragon Energy. Um, if, this, if that's in regards to uh, Robert David Steele, I don't mean to. I'm just sharing information with you from what I've heard. And uh, you know what? Uh, maybe your heart discerns something I don't. Uh, but most definitely, uh, we will, uh, will, I will look into it again. Uh, so I can, I can make sure I give you guys the right information. Uh, but my sources I trust and, um, yeah, you know, that is uh, basically where we leave that there. So, all right. Yeah. Uh, Connie Ketchup. No, I am not on telegram. Uh, Mr. C uh, or are they renovating? I'm not sure they are tearing. Oh, that Connie Ketchup again. I, I'm not too sure on that story. So I'll have to look it up. Okay, guys, I think we're good. Hey. Sherry Pittsburgh, you better not be calling me a spring baby snake. <laughs> okay, ladies and gentlemen, let me, yeah, I don't know where I came up with a gold pill cow from, speak uneasy. I have no idea where that came from. Okay, but move to you too, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into today's um, report. Like I said, we got some, we'll be sandwiching today's report with uh, Trump interviews because I have like three of them. I feel like I'm. there's a fourth one coming up. Uh, and, uh, and as opposed to getting into the Afghanistan news, uh, we will be talking about one of the elements that the deep state and the globalists want us to forget about and want us to be distracted from. And that is the election integrity fever that is currently crossing into is currently infecting every state in this nation because it's coming it is most definitely coming. And uh, of course, like I said, we'll also be um, we'll also be uh, doing a little featurette on Kevin Kiley a little bit later on the show as he speaks to the uh, GOP assembly meeting for Bakersfield, California. Very exciting stuff. More details on that coming in just a minute. But of course, as always. Oh, my God. I cannot believe I did this, ladies and gentlemen. I am so embarrassed. OK, give me one moment to recover from my most heinous mistake ever here at the Sea Report. My most heinous mistake ever here at the Sea Report. And that, my friends, would be that while President Trump still leads at the Sea Report, I forgot to get the graphic in my story. There it is. All right. From the desk of President Trump, because President Trump leads here at the Sea Report. Uh, now, let's see what we got here. Um, we only had one statement from President Trump today. And like I told you all, there was a bunch. There was oodles, oodles upon oodles of in case you missed it moments from President Trump today. Uh, let's let's talk about his statement first. He said, never in history has a withdrawal from war been handled so badly or incompletely or incompetently as the Biden administration's withdrawal from Afghanistan. In addition to the obvious, all equipment should be demanded to be immediately returned to the United States. And that includes every penny of the $85 billion in cost. If it's not handed back, we should either go in with unequivocal military force and get it, or at least bomb the hell out of it. Nobody ever thought such stupidity as this feeble-brained withdrawal was possible. 
Now, I find that quite interesting of a statement here, because basically what you have seen in the last week uh, and a half since this entire debacle, this entire um, it's 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 beyond tragic. Um, and it's because it's not sad, tragic. It's just it's infuriatingly tragic. Um, what, what, what good, uh, what good, you know, uh, um, uh, word could we use for that, you know, <laughs> to describe how infuriatingly tragic this, uh, deplorable situation that has occurred over in Afghanistan at the hands of this fake administration. You know, um, uh, when we've seen the statements, uh, that president Trump has put out in that regard and, and not even just that, but also, you know, even, even the people on his side who are currently eating him up alive, you know, they're like, Oh, you like the cannibal, uh, you like the cannibal menu, uh, president Biden, we do too. And now they're currently eating their own. Right. So along with what they're saying, along with what representatives are saying, along with what world leaders are saying, along with what official officials from world, uh, you know, uh, intelligence agencies are saying uh, about Joe Biden, you know, President Trump has been very, very adamant about the way this should have gone and about the way he would have responded. And uh, basically about the fact that this never would have happened under his office, correct? Uh, and in response to that, what does Biden do? Um, he supposedly bombs, I guess, uh, two of the, uh, two of the, uh, the leads there when it came to this entire, uh, um, um, terrorist attack over at the Kabul, Kabul airport in Afghanistan, right? So, I, I mean, first of all, you know, uh, we all have already read the reports and seen the reports and, and heard about them, uh, where, of course, the State Department, the Department of Defense, and, and then Washington, D.C. itself will not release the names of the Taliban leaders or, or whomever it was that caused this terrorist attack that they killed, right? They went in with a drone and they struck down these, uh, these uh, terrorists who bombed the Kabul airport. From my understanding, it was a suicide bombing. So the guy killed himself, if I'm not mistaken. I'm correct me if I'm wrong. Suicide bombing, right? Okay, so I mean, there was no one for them to kill. Uh, but in that regard, you know, we also heard reports after that, that uh, he did not in fact kill any member of the Taliban. It was just uh, a glorified uh, public relations, um, public relations fiasco, you know, trying to uh, trying to uh, CYA do, do damage control uh, for his lack of uh, his lack of uh, leadership, lack of courage, uh, lack of common sense. Uh, everything involved in that regard. And he actually ended up killing like children instead. I mean, the, correct me if I'm wrong, but those were the reports that I read about this entire, the Biden administration strikes back against the terrorist Taliban who bombed, you know, um, the Kabul airport. So, you know, there's that. And, and like I said, I believe that that itself was a response to President Trump uh, because President Trump would have, known what to do and would have acted immediately. In fact, uh, they probably would have been bombed like within an hour of that uh, terrorist attack in the Kabul airport had President Trump been in office. Uh, and uh, had President Trump been in office, I mean, aside from this entire situation not happening, say it had happened, you know, um, um, that it probably would have been cleaned up uh, within 24 hours of it beginning. And uh, well, I mean, I mean, again, to be quite honest with you guys, the, the, the Taliban would not even have seized that much control control over Afghanistan had President Trump still been in office. Uh, but the response would have been swift and quick. 
uh, and accurate, I might add. Um, and, and they never would have seen it coming because uh, they never would have reported it on the TV until after it was done. And, and that's just the long and short of it. Now, uh, to do damage control and, and maybe to uh, buck the opinion of President Trump, you see the Biden administration uh, making these moves and, uh, you know, striking down families and children uh, in the name of, of um, um, you know, um, retaliating and, and in the name of revenge against these terrorists over in the Middle East. Uh, but now President Trump has really doubled down. <laughs> He's really doubled down. In fact, when President Trump released this statement, now the thing to do is to demand the equipment back or bomb it to oblivion. You know, uh, maybe not so much uh, illegitimate joke Biden, but maybe his uh, administration and, you know, his uh, his controlling interest, his puppet masters, they're probably saying, damn it. <laughs> Damn it, why do you have to go and say, like, why does he have to up the ante? You know, why does he have to up the ante? We struck back, you know, we did what President Trump would have done, and now President Trump's telling us to get our equipment back. Like, can you imagine the thorn in the side that he must be to these people? It's it's crazy, guys. But yeah, you know, so that's probably what's going through their head right now. Like, crap. Now he's giving Americans a perspective that we need to get our equipment back. Not only did we abandon hundreds, maybe thousands of Americans over in Afghanistan uh, and declared the mission complete, but now he's daring us to get our equipment back or look like losers because that's exactly what they are. And uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> You know, it's it's like, whose narrative is this anyways, right? Whose narrative is, is this anyways? Now, you guys may know, if you've been watching uh, the shows here over at the Mr. C channel or at Mr. C TV, uh, that I, I most definitely played devil's advocate and proffered uh, the notion that um, somehow the mainstream media was controlling this narrative uh, in order to circumvent a, a legitimate and uh, forthright humanitarian government ran by the Taliban in Afghanistan per the negotiations that President Trump made with them and the globalist Western-backed government of Afghanistan at the time uh, via the Doha um, agreements, correct? Uh, but, you know, then, of course, uh, you know, in doing more research and, and even looking into that entire perspective on that narrative, uh, I came across a lot of articles that talked about how the Taliban, because uh, if some of you may remember or may not may may not have known, you know, I was I was talking about how the Taliban and how ISIS are enemies. In fact, the Taliban and ISIS and Al Qaeda, these are groups that do not see eye to eye with each other. And in the course of uh, researching those articles, one thing I did find was that even though. ISIS and Taliban are mortal enemies and despise each other uh, because of a lack of um, ideological um, 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 ideological uh, agreements. Um, they are both tied together by a terrorist network called the Haqqani Network. Okay, and these are, uh, if they're not Shiite, they're uh, Sunni, I think. Um, Islamicists, uh, Sharia law followers, the Haqqani networks, okay? So so though these two uh, terrorist groups and or organizations, and uh, the way I understand it, uh, the Taliban was a conservative political party in the Middle East that did not uh, subscribe to Sharia, 
the same as other radical or extreme Islamists did. Um, what, even though the, the ISIS factor and the Taliban factor were enemies and would fight and kill each other, they still had common ground in the Haqqani network of terrorists over there in the Middle East, uh, which tied them together, uh, which means ultimately they could work together under the same bigger umbrella. You know, maybe their bigger brother has a bigger, I don't know, uh, a saber than they do. Right. Um, but, you know, for a fact, and, and, you know, I read this in several corroborating articles, you know, on all these articles, the one thing that they all agree to is the tie, the connection between these two rival terrorist groups was the Hikani network of terrorists in the Middle East. And um, pretty much when CNN and the Biden administration began to deny any tie to the Haqqani network of terrorists by the Taliban, um, when every other piece of information I found seemed to verify with each other that they were actually connected to this group, uh, I pretty much uh, I pretty much decided to lay that notion of um, uh, that notion or that question, that narrative of the mainstream media against the Taliban aside. And indeed, we've seen a lot of things from that point coming forward in regard to the true intentions of what's going on, which also on my part, because, you know, guys, I like to think things and digest things in this mind of mine about where exactly and what exactly is going on here. Uh, we know that this, at least in my opinion, is the globalists move to remove, uh, you know, illegitimate joke from um, office in uh, Washington, D.C. to install their next puppet. He served his purpose. He's taken them where they needed them, him to take them in their plan for domination and um, and uh, um, for domination and also for a conquest of this country. Uh, because uh, think about it, guys, you know what took President um, President Barack Hussein Obama to do in eight years, which was, you know, uh, denigrate us, uh, you know, um, down to a third world country status based on uh, the economic policies uh, that he had, as well as, you know, other policies involving manufacturing, uh, monetary policies, um, and also impediments against our, um, against our Constitution and our Bill of Rights. Um, and, and President Trump saved all of that. He restored all of that. He destroyed everything that Obama did, pretty much. Um, you know, save some, um, some other, some smaller details. Uh, Biden did all of the, Biden brought all of that back in eight months or less. Okay. Um, Biden brought all of that back in eight months or less. So they're done with him. This is a, one of the tenets, I think, of this entire Afghanistan issue. Uh, but now we'll see where it goes from there. You know, we've seen now leaders of Al Qaeda hanging out with the Taliban, you know, and like I, if, if uh, between Taliban and Al Qaeda and ISIS, you know, I would definitely put ISIS and Al Qaeda in the unquestionable um, terrorist front against, you know, the Western world or against Americans or against, you know, God fearing Christians. Uh, but, um, you know, Taliban fence sitter I was for a while, but now, you know, we see and we have images of Al Qaeda leaders hanging out freely and celebrating with the Taliban in Afghanistan. We've seen uh, hundreds, if not thousands of Americans abandoned in Afghanistan. Uh, they've given uh, uh, apparently, apparently illegitimate joke Biden has given 
has given um, given authority over to the United Nations. He's given, he's passed the torch to them. He's, he's absolved himself of responsibility and is looking to the UN, the United Nations, uh, to solve this problem and to dictate where we stand on the issue of Afghanistan and the United States of America. Because apparently the United Nations will be the one to save the hundreds or thousands of Americans who are left in Afghanistan. And that says a lot. And is a li- to me, it's a little bit scarier than China because we all know that the United Nations is a globalist front for people who would rather have open borders and uh, dwindle the population of individuals on this planet, seize control and turn it into their own type of whatever it is that they have planned for us. Uh, we're talking Agenda 30. We're talking uh, We're talking a World Economic Forum, transhumanism here. I mean, uh, we have yet to see, but uh, that is the function of the United Nations, at least in my perspective. Um, you know, and we've also seen we've also seen this administration um, totally disregard and disrespect the family and the fallen in this conflict that did not need to be uh, in, in one of the most disgusting, disgusting displays of disrespect and, and uh, heartlessness to date in how he handled and regarded the family members of those fallen servicemen during this terrorist attack and tragedy, okay? And and yet we have the left, the liberals, socialists, communists, Marxists, all asking, but how is he going to get impeached over this? I would say those people have absolutely no regard for human life and they have no respect of country or even themselves, uh, to ask a question like that, okay? Uh, because this is not simply some made-up bar talk about a PP dossier, okay, that did not exist. This is not merely a projected quid pro quo that was uh, that was taken on the part of the perpetrator and foisted upon an innocent man who only did the right thing for this country. This is live and on television, and this is the fall of illegitimate Joe Biden, and we're seeing it on, uh, we're seeing it live and in living color, ladies and gentlemen. We're seeing it live and in living color, okay? Because that is where this is headed at this moment, you know? We're also seeing that, uh, you know, um, illegitimate Joe Biden and his administration have allowed terrorists into America in the guise of refugees. And that, in fact, my friends, is another tenant of this entire this entire operation to get terrorists into America to do as they may under the guise of refugees. We are being invaded in this country. The United States of America is being invaded by the millions at this point. And where it started at the southern border and where we've seen people from all walks of life in all countries and on all continents crossing into the United States free, freely to do as they will and uh, to harm and or hinder hinder, Uh, the American people and its citizenship at their own disposal. You know, we see this happening here. And now we see refugees coming into this country. And there are, are already reports of Taliban 
or may it be Al-Qaeda, or may it be ISIS, but they are coming into this country with reports of that happening right now, ladies and gentlemen, while we're leaving hundreds, if not thousands of Americans left at home. And lastly, we're seeing patriots coming under financial persecution. Uh, uh, people such as General Flynn having bank accounts canceled, the Gateway Pundit going under the knife as well. So all of this is coming to a head, ladies and gentlemen, and that is a fact. And that is just a quick update on things that we will not be getting into heavily. But we see these statements to be true at this point. Um, uh, on, on, on the heels of that, ladies and gentlemen, all I can say is we will just need to buckle down with our prayers and our faith and spreading our word and our message and doing what we can as we may. And always, always, always remaining cautious, not worried, but with concern. You know, worry, worry, worry takes you to another level um, of, uh, of um, uh, an, another level that uh, is a little bit tougher to fight off, you know, but, but always remain uh, cautious and conscience. And uh, we will continue to uh, hold the line uh, down as we move forward into whatever it is that we might be coming into at this point in time. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but that was the sole statement from President Trump this afternoon uh, coming to us. So that I might share it with you all. Doubling down and really, really skirting the Biden uh, junta, the Biden regime, uh, telling them now to uh, get the weapons back or destroy them. I'm pretty sure that uh, doesn't uh, make them too happy. It doesn't make them too happy because uh, it's giving them more perspective it's giving us Americans more perspective about the lack of a job and the lack of leadership that this administration has. And I'm very pleased to say that uh, members of the conservative, the patriots, the America First communities are not the only ones that see this at this point. Um, it's most definitely a buyer's remorse situation, beyond a doubt. And uh, to be sure, Regardless of whether or not it is a narrative that is being pushed by the fake news, lamestream media, they are also espousing these truths to be fact as well. And that should prick our ears just a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now at this time, what I got for you guys is uh, we're going to jump into President Trump's interview on OANN, One American News Network. Uh, now this, uh, this is a, uh, this is one of those lengthy interviews. Like I said, we will be sandwiching today's report between two interviews. Uh, the last, uh, second interview will be at the end of the show. Um, so we're going to check this one out. Now, here's the thing about this one, guys. I looked for this interview in full online, could not find it, could not find it. Uh, but I did find it in part. So, uh, it's, it's been chopped up into 10 minute segments which uh, which is a good thing because uh, maybe I can, maybe we can maybe we can chat a bit about it or I can provide some sort of commentary on what was being said. Uh, but bear with me, folks, as we get this going. Now, this is President Trump on One American News Network, and uh, do enjoy as uh, we take a, take a minute to listen to the words of our president, President Donald J. Trump, forty fifth president of the United States of America and rightful president 
of we the people who voted him to be as such. Good evening, and thank you so much for joining us tonight for this special edition of Real America. The Real America team and myself have traveled to Bedminster, New Jersey, where for the past hour, nearly hour and a half, I sat down with President Donald J. Trump for an exclusive face-to-face -face interview. We discussed an array of topics. Border, the flailing economy, his COVID response versus a Joe Biden, and pretty much everything Trump versus what we are seeing today under this Biden regime. For the next hour and 10 minutes, I hope you'll stick with us and enjoy this face-to-face -face with 45. Mr. President, first of all, thank you so much for granting this interview. Thank you. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Let's start with Afghanistan and discuss what's happening today. We have heard that the humanitarian operations at the Kabul airport have pretty much ceased. Um, your assessment overall of this debacle that has become the Afghan crisis under the Joe Biden presidency? Well, they ceased because the United States has totally lost control. People are bombing them. They're sending rockets into them. They're killing a lot of people, 200 people two days ago, which we had 13 Marines at least, because you have a lot of very badly wounded Marines and Navy right now. Uh, this is the greatest humiliation in the history of our country, in my opinion. This is a psychological humiliation and a military humiliation. And when Biden said he's taking out the military before he takes out the people or the equipment, I said, that can't be possible. I figured the press got it wrong because they get so much wrong. And they didn't get it wrong. He took out the military, lost total control. We had total control. In fact, in his speech, I'm sure they were thrilled when he said it, but he made a mistake probably. But it was true. Not one soldier was killed for 18 months under me because they understood that if they killed any of the American soldiers, any American, period, anybody gets killed, we go after them like I did many times. And I dealt with Abdul, who is now the leader. Officially, he was the leader then, too. So at least I was dealing with the right guy. And I told him, you will be met as hard or harder than any country has ever been met with force before. And I said, you understand that? And he did understand that. And I said, and it will start with your house. That's where it's starting. And that's, it was fine. Nothing was happening. When I look at your red charts where so much was gathered and so much was taken in a short period of time, under my auspices, it was not at all taken. Now, I wanted to get out for years because we should have never been there. We're going to hit them hard, should have never been there. But we were there. It was the biggest mistake, I say, in the history of our country. Trillions and trillions of dollars spent, probably at least $2 trillion spent. No, we've never spent money like that. The longest war we've ever had. We didn't fight it like a war. We had a lot of woke generals, but we have great generals, too. We have great generals because I defeated ISIS very quickly with great generals. I could tell you who they are, but, but it's a shame. Biggest humiliations in our country. That's what I want to know. What about the conditions you set? Because you had an agreement, you and I chatted before, with Abdul. And that agreement, when you laid out those terms you just talked about, where you told him you mess up, you miss one benchmark of these conditions, you're done. Why didn't the Biden administration follow exactly the conditions you had set up and hold their feet to the fire with this? Because they're weak and they're stupid. It's very simple. 
I bombed them a lot during this agreement because they didn't meet a certain condition. Our biggest condition was that you never, ever touch any of our soldiers or any of our military, any civilians, number one. Number two, you never, ever even think about coming to our homeland. Those were the two biggest conditions. And they were verbal as well as otherwise. But he understood that. You never saw problems with when I was president with them. There was no problem. They weren't taking over the country. They were very good. I said, we want to get out. I'm, I want to leave. I, I've been saying that for a long time. We have, we're in there for 21 years. We're fighting it like police, not military. We were like police people. We we're guarding traffic. Oh, come on over here. Come on over here. What are we doing? Two trillion dollars. Millions of people count both sides, because I count both sides. People say, oh, that's not very conservative. Well, I think it is. Millions and millions of people killed in the Middle East. Millions of people killed. And you know what it is now? A bombed out disaster. Okay? Single worst decision made going into the Middle East in the history of our country. The single greatest humiliation we've ever had was the withdrawal from Afghanistan. We could have had a beautiful withdrawal. We could have gone out with victory. We would have taken all the civilians out, all the Americans out, take other people if we determined that they're worthy. We, we took out so many people so quickly. A lot of those people that we took out are terrorists. They were hopping on those planes because they're very smart, they're very sharp, and they know how to get onto a plane a lot better than a regular person that needs protection. So we have terrorists now being delivered all over the world from Afghanistan. And you will see things happening over the years to come that is disgraceful. So we have this plan, strong conditions. They didn't meet a couple of them. We hit them very hard. There was no way, Dan, that they were ever in a million years going to do anything to us. So we were getting our civilians out. We were going, we could take our time. If it took us two years or one year, there was no date that mattered. I said a May 1st date, but there was no date. One of the reasons I wanted to have it longer because they weren't meeting all of the conditions. We hit them very hard. So we're going to take them out, take all of our $83 billion worth of equipment that now I'm sure as we sit, uh, Russia, China is now taking it apart so they can make exactly the same stuff as we But did. was this incompetence or was this done on purpose? We have a lot of folks yeah, you know, that I don't think this across the network purpose. and they say, well, they look at the globalist uh, and the way both parties have tried to, you know, in the military complex, get into wars, yeah. if you will. And they're like, did Biden and his administration or the military complex do this on purpose or are they that incompetent? Uh, you believe the latter. I don't even think about it. I think it was gross incompetence. Okay. Uh, they may be trying to spin it the other way because it makes them sound better. You want to know the truth. I think it makes them sound better. What could be worse? They had no <laughs> idea what they were doing. They took the military out first. I mean, it doesn't help them to do that. Must will get the Americans out. Must will get the equipment back. We gave them 83. Somebody said they're the 16th best. I think they're the best equipped man-for-man -man army in the world. Okay, man-for-man. Man. Everyone thing. gets 22 rifles. Yeah. They don't have the equipment of the top 20 nations they in the world. They have better equipment they're than us because it's more modern. Yeah. They have more modern equipment than we do. And by the way, we should get it out. One of the things we should do right now, and I was the biggest one for getting out, we should either demand it back and demand it or go get it or at a minimum blow the hell out of it. Right. Isn't that typical what we've done? When we've pulled out of foreign nations, you destroy. If you can't take the equipment, you destroy it so that well, it doesn't fall into enemy hands. I like the idea of taking it better because it's so valuable. We pay for so it. so advanced. We pay for it. <laughs> 
You know, I, I remember when uh, General Milley, I said, we're taking all the equipment, every nail, every screw, every bolt. He looked at me and he goes, sir, it'll be cheaper to leave it. I said, maybe in your mind, but not in my mind. It is not cheaper to leave it. When you have millions of dollars in army tanks, it's cheaper to leave it. Why? That's cheaper than putting it on a plane and taking it out. It's not. These people are misguided. They don't know what the hell. We have woke generals and we also have great generals. But the woke generals are the ones you see on television. Do you think that our military was preoccupied over the last seven months of this administration with all the wokeness? We saw the videos come from the CIA, from the Navy, from the Army. We saw Millie up there talking about that white nationalists and white rage is one of the biggest threats in the military, and we have to address it right now. By the way, he never talked that way when I was there. He was there. You know, I had a lot of generals. Lot, they've been there for years. Millie never talked that way when I was there. Never once did I. I never heard him talk that way. How about the letters they send to the people in the Army, to the people in the Navy, talking about equality? I said, so let me ask you a question with equality. Strong letters in equality, and if you don't get equality, you report everybody. I said, so if a general, like General Patton, if a general walks up to a private, and starts chewing them out like you've been watching for 200 years, right? Well, is that general in jeopardy? Like all of the modern day stuff that we're talking about? Well, he should talk to him with respect, sir. I said, okay, this is about- It's not a great soldier, sir. It's crazy. You know, I, I at my last rally in Alabama, we had 68,000 people in the rain. It was raining. It was thunder. We're saying, please don't come. We had to turn away 40,000 people at least. So we had 68,000 people. And I said, you know what? With all of this woke stuff that's happening, and you know, I canceled everything. It was happening from before me. And I canceled all of it. We got rid of people that were being paid $500,000 a year to, to teach cancel culture. All right. That wraps up uh, part one. Uh, yes, we have uh, President Trump talking about uh, Victoria Milley over there. Yeah, and that's another interesting that's coming about uh, uh, out with this, guys. We're seeing a massive back and forth between the White House and also, um, you know, uh, the Pentagon, uh, the Defense Department about who is responsible for this. Because remember, here at the Sea Report, we ask the question, who gave the order to withdraw the American troops? Who gave that order? Because in my opinion, it wouldn't have been Joe Biden. But uh, according according to according to the top brass, uh, Joe Biden overrode that decision entirely. It was like uh, it was it was uh, it was even it was even the leftist papers that were like in a move that has been seldom made in decades by the White House. The White House actually overrides the opinion of the top brass on an on an operation. So who's to say? Uh, but according according to uh, the the leftist news cycles, uh, you know, uh, the White House overrode the brass's decision on this operation. And uh, you know, according to the White House, uh, the it was Millian and and uh, Austin uh, Lloyd Austin that made the decision. According to them, it was the White House. No one wants to take responsibility. Because it's either going to be an impeachment or a court martialing. Uh, just get rid of all of them, is what I say, and report replace it with a replace it with a group that will uphold the Constitution and value the lives of Americans, let alone humans. 
rid of an executive order. I got rid of everything. But then they ended that executive order and they went back to it in spades. But, you know, when when we were there and when that uh, that crowd was you never saw a crowd like this. They're more excited now than they were before the election. They're angry, but they're also excited because they want something. They need something. But I said to myself, you know, we have a big rally in Alabama. You remember the movie Patton? Let's put out George C. Scott. Let's put out his opening scene, which was a classic with the American flag behind him. And we put it out. The place went wild. I bet. You know what came about. You got me off subject, but that's okay, Mr. President. Um, there's now a conspiracy theory online since you played that the other night in Alabama yeah. that they're saying that you are Patton's kid. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. I saw it today. Um, I want to stick with Afghanistan, but kind of transition to foreign policy, because what a mess this is now creating. And can you discuss a little bit more about how Biden's weakness and what he allowed to happen in Afghanistan is now going to embolden Iran, Russia, China. We already know China's going to go in and start stripping the minerals. We heard about the uh, pipeline that Russia wants to build across Pakistan and Afghanistan. Yeah. That'll probably happen now. And don't get me started on Iran. We know what you said on Rush Limbaugh about Iran. I wish we had a president like you in right now that would do that. But let's talk about the implications of our enemies, but also the message it sends to the allies that we allowed this to happen. So, so bad. Just so bad. You know, when I was president, I'd go into these meetings on NATO, on anything. And it was like, sir, what would you like? Always the best seat, always the seat of prominence. They don't feel that way about us anymore. And with NATO, you know, they were ripping us off. And they do rip us off, 28 nations total. And uh, they were not paying their bills. They were delinquent, many of them. Yeah. So I got them into a room and I said, "For this is for 18 years they've been delinquent, including Germany, including some of the big ones. Eight of them were paid up and 20 were delinquent, okay? And we were paying for the delinquent nations. And they said to me, uh, sir, would you protect us if we're delinquent? I said, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Everyone was shocked. Never got out to the press, you know, when I said that. But because I said that, everybody started paying. And I took in $430 billion from NATO. And I thought that was a great achievement. Of course, it doesn't get reported. But we took in $430 billion. I took in $130 billion immediately took in a total of 430 billion. They respected us. Right. They don't respect us anymore. They've lost respect for our country. It actually looks like we lost a war. It was a psychological thing. Think of it. You know, the Taliban's very smart. Uh, the Middle Eastern people are very smart. You deal with smart people. They've, they've been fighting for their whole lives. They've been arguing right. and fighting. They love to argue and they love to fight. And we got into that mess. And it looks like they took all of this equipment and all of this life and treasure our treasure is our the lives that we lost. And how about if you're a parent and you see what we got out of this? What did we get? We got humiliated and you lost a son or you lost a daughter. I used to greet them at Dover. And the people at Dover, I don't know if they can ever recover, really. I mean, they can recover to an extent, perhaps. But basically, they can't recover. And they must be just furious. There was one woman who was screaming you probably saw it yesterday that Biden killed her son and it was a rigged election that got him there and killed and all the media took out the whole part that she was calling it a rigged election. She's the one that called the radio station. I'm yeah. Colorado. Yeah, a rigged election. He got there because it was a rigged election. He didn't even know what he was doing. You took away our president. It was a rigged election. And my son is dead. If President Trump were there, my son wouldn't be dead. And it's true. 
We wouldn't have lost anybody, neither would the other side, because they were standing back, and then they can go back to fighting their revolution that they've been fighting for a thousand years, okay? Because that's what they do. If you had a message to those parents, loved ones, since this war, 20-some years back, and obviously on what just happened with the Marines and the Navy medic, what would that be? Because as you said, if you were in the yes. White House, and I firmly believe this wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened. There was no reason. Well, what would you say to them just now and for all the ones that we've lost? I think all I could do is apologize for the gross miscalculation of this administration. This administration is a disaster, what they're doing. Not only here, everywhere else. I mean, what can you say to a parent that lost their son or their daughter? Due to incompetence, because I believe it was incompetence. I, there's no way they did this for any other reason. I know there are a lot of things. I happen to think the southern border is incompetence, too. I, I say there's no way anybody could want that. Nobody could be that stupid. Has to be incompetence because the southern border was sealed. Everything was good. People only come in legally. They come in legally. We had stopped 82 percent of the drugs from coming into our country. Now, fentanyl is pouring through, totally unchecked, unstopped. We have a problem like we've never had before. I really believe, and a lot of people disagree with me, but I believe the southern border is incompetence and uh, either incompetence or fear of the radical left by people that are running things. But, uh, you know, to a parent, you can only apologize for the stupidity and the the unfairness of this current administration, because this should have never happened. They were not going to attack us. We were going to take our equipment. We were going to take our people. We were going to wave goodbye. I was going to blow up all forts other than Bagram, where we spent $10 billion building this. I think it's the largest in the world, Air Force Base, with eight-foot-thick runways. Think of eight-foot-thick. You could have used six inches. Eight-foot-thick runways. The largest in the world, and it happened to be right next to China, right next to Iran, and in Afghanistan. What's better than that? So I was going to keep that, man it, just have it. It's a good thing to have, have a base. And they gave it up in one night. They fled. They fled Bagram, the biggest, one of the biggest in the world, I think the biggest in the world, and they fled. A perfect location for us for other things, which you have to think. You have to be a chess player. You have to be a poker player. You have to... You have to see where the other side's coming from. China is laughing at us. Russia is laughing at us. And this morning I heard, because I get along very well with Kim Jong-un. I was criticized for that. You didn't hear a thing about North Korea for four years. We had you, a took test you were going to put us in war. That's what Obama yeah. and the rest no, of the had a very told us. Beginning. The U.S. president would put us in That's war with North right. Korea, and That's he calmed right. it all down and put him in his place. Rocket man, the whole thing. Remember, mm-hmm. the uh, he's got a red button on his desk. I said, I have a much bigger red button, <laughs> and my red button works. And it was really nasty for a month or two. People thought, wow. And then all of a sudden, he wanted to go to the Olympics. Let's meet at the Olympics which was a big failure until he said that because nobody wanted to go because they thought the Olympics in South Korea were going to be bombed. So all of a sudden, he wants to go to the Olympics. And then we ultimately met in Singapore and Vietnam. And more importantly, I met him in North Korea. First time ever. And he and I got along great. He and I absolutely got along great. You know, they hate to see that. Oh, that's a terrible thing that you're getting along. Just like you now. Keep your friends they closer, say, enemies closer. Yeah, they said, why did you speak to the Taliban? Because I told the Taliban, you play games with us, and we're going to blow you to pieces. That's what I told them. I said, 
Now we can start talking about how we go about it. But if you play any games, we're going to blow you to pieces. Worse than any country has ever been hit, we're going to hit you. But they say they're so stupid. It's gross income. Why are you dealing with the Taliban? There's nobody else to deal with. There's nobody else to deal with. But they didn't deal with the Taliban, right? They dealt with the Taliban from weakness. I dealt from strength. Yes. When I dealt with the Taliban, when I took over, we had almost 20,000 soldiers. When I left, we have 2,500 soldiers. I'm the one. I got them out. And yet those 2,500 in strategic places held that country perfectly, perfectly. Right. But I want to bring people back home. And I could have even seen leaving a very small force. You know, we do in other countries. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I think the other countries should pay a lot, like South Korea should be paying us a lot. And I got them to pay us a lot, billions and billions of dollars. You know, South Korea now pays billions of dollars. They didn't pay hardly anything when I got there. I said, why are we protecting you? They said, because you have always done it for 85 years. I said, well, we're not going to do it anymore. Look. You have to pay. You're a wealthy nation. You make the ships. You make the television sets. You stole our television industry. You did everything. You got to pay us. And they, they paid us. I mean, it wasn't so easy, but it was nasty conversations for a couple of weeks. After a couple of weeks, billions and billions of dollars, they pay us. And you know what the Biden administration just did? I said, you're going to have to pay us much more than this. They agreed to a cost of living increase. You know what a cost of living increase is? Like nothing. I just see it two weeks ago. It was reported that South Korea has agreed to pay a cost of living. Cost of living on the money that I got, okay? No, it's nothing. It's so sad. So when you ask me, was it on purpose? I think it was gross incompetence. No, I think the whole country is running incompetently. We'll get to that in Except a Except <laughs> for stealing elections. All right. The whole thing is incompetence except for stealing elections. Perhaps there are too many chiefs in Biden's little teepee there that are trying to run this show, and they're all squatting on each other. And that seems to be the place where egos are, uh, when egos come into question, right, where egos are concerned. Everyone wants to do their own thing, uh, but of course they're just running the ship aground. That's the, scene, the way it seems to be going at this moment anyhow. Uh, but, but ultimately, this, this entire fiasco will just uh, lead more, uh, give more, uh, give more um, uh, lenience towards uh, the 25th Amendment invocation or impeachment or resignation. Uh, I think of the three of those, I would rather see impeachment. I'd rather see him stripped of that title dishonorably removed as, uh, um, you know, uh, faux president of the United States. But, you know, I, the only thing about that is uh, for him to be impeached would mean that he was a legitimate president to begin with. And uh, sometimes I wonder if this entire debacle is just to kind of, you know, take the edge off election integrity, uh, because after all, if the man was uh, impeached, then what the heck does it matter about trying to clean up elections? He's not even in office anymore. I don't know. That seems to be perspective of some. But anyways, guys, hopefully the video is running a little bit better for you guys. I lowered the resolution. Thanks for letting me know what was going on so we try and fix it. And uh, I, on CloudHub and on Twitch, we're smooth sailing. Over at the Foxhole app, where uh, the uh, most important audience is uh I'm, I'm sorry you guys are having some sort of turbulence here um it's nothing i can do on my end 
Uh, good night to uh, Skeeter Burke and to the Speaking Easy. I see they uh, those two are running off together. They're both from Texas. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but anyways, happy birthday again, Speaking Easy. Have a blessed night. And uh, indeed, indeed. Uh, Empress Beach to you says, I call BS. It is not incompetence. It is treason. That's kind of the line that I fall into. I think that this is, I think that while all the details are not ironed out and solidified, I do believe that there is a general skeleton uh, uh, that they took in approaching this entire matter. You know, uh, treason being treason being the foundation of everything that they do. Um, you know, handing over millions of dollars in equipment, uh, you know, and uh, leaving behind thousands of Americans, uh, not even valuing, not even putting Americans' lives first when it came to, uh, you know, the condolences given uh, to the fallen in this tragedy. Uh, um, and uh, that's, that's just... Uh, a, that's just light among uh, the grave uh, disrespect and dishonor that illegitimate joke has brought to this country and to our name and to our values and to who we are and what we stand for. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible time, ladies and gentlemen, but um, this is all happening for a reason. It's all happening for a reason. Part three. And I said that was intentional. If they were as good at fighting wars as they are at stealing elections and rigging elections, because it was a rigged election, they would, we would have no enemies right now. There would be no enemies to have. They focus on that. That's their focus, rigging elections. That's what they do. Yeah. And we caught them. Go ahead. Let's talk about immigration. You went there. And we have watched since February. The numbers start at 80 to 100,000. Last month's numbers were 212,000. The illegals coming in from over 100 countries. We know 26% of them have COVID. We know that over 114, I think is the number we're caught, are from 14 different terrorist nations and groups. So we've got terrorists, we've got drugs, human and sex trafficking. I know that the opioid crisis and the human trafficking, especially with the women and children, those were very near and dear to your heart to fight those hardcore. And those numbers were going down when you way were in, record, way down. Record down. I've had on several folks from the border uh, agency that are retired now because they're allowed to speak with us once they're retired because yeah. Biden has muzzled them to the press, right. especially OAN. They've told me that besides morale being the lowest, compared to when you were in charge just a few months ago, we had the lowest numbers in over 21 years in almost everything. And the highest drugs. By the way, we had morale. They were great. The Border right. Patrol and ICE, you know, they're great people. They're brave people. You wouldn't want the job. You wouldn't want to be an ICE agent and have to go into, they call it a den, a den of MS-13 killers in Chicago or someplace and say, come with me. And you walk in there and the fights start and everything starts. It's very dangerous. These guys, are, these are brave, incredible people. They virtually threw ice to the sidelines. Right. It's it's really incredible. We had the strongest border in the history of our country. Now we have, eight months later, we have the weakest border by far in the history of our country. We don't even have a border, actually. Yeah. Why do you think, and this is another thing, just talking like about the Middle East, why would the Biden administration want to allow, by the end of this year, by mm -hmm. most figures I've looked up, it's going to be 1.5, 2 million. Millions of people. Yeah, two million by the end of the year. 
Why would you want to do that? Are you trying to then? And I see we're shipping them. They're shipping them to the Midwest, the South, red states mostly. Is this a plan for another way to cheat at elections? So they say it's the votes, but I don't think so again. You know, do you I don't want to be naive. I think they're grossly incompetent. I really do. I don't think it's the votes because they cheat on the elections. They don't need votes. They cheat on the elections. I mean, you look at 43,000 votes were found last night. They cheat on elections. When you cheat on elections, you don't have to destroy the country. They're destroying our country. Our country will not survive this. Our country will not survive. And look at where they're coming from. They're coming from Yemen. They're coming from the Middle East. They're coming from all countries that are very sick countries, very sick, very uh, mean, nasty. They're coming from all countries that have problems. They're not going to be helpful to us these people. And a lot of them are criminals. Right. They're emptying their jails. If you look at Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, and others, they're emptying their jails into our country. Can you believe this? We got a win the other day with SCOTUS, though. Your great executive order of the state yeah. of Mexico policy that was working for three or four years. Biden, of course, reversed the first what week he was in. SCOTUS ruled against that. So that's one good win. Stay in Mexico. So important. Because I say, stay in Mexico. We don't want you in our country until you can come in legally. Stay in, they had hundreds of thousands of people at the border staying in Mexico. And I built almost 500 miles of wall. Could have had the rest of it finished in one month. Two and a half years of litigation, or I would have had it finished easily. Had to fight everybody. Two and a half years of litigation. Then I started it. Built almost 500 miles. That's one of the reasons the numbers are so low. But he should finish it. He should finish it. And he should finish it. He could do it in a month. Now contractors are suing, wanting more money than they got to build the thing in the first place because they're saying they've been caused great harm by not finishing right. it. The contracts were signed, he pulled it, and it's going to cost the American taxpayer billions. money not to finish billions the wall. Billions and billions of dollars not to build the wall. Yeah. Anyway, but we finished most of it, and it was a tremendous help. And that's what gave us these low numbers, in addition to which I have a very good relationship with the president of Mexico, he gave us 28,000 soldiers free. You know why they were free? Because I said, otherwise I'm going to tariff their cars. So he gave us 28,000 Mexican soldiers free, and it kept our borders so safe during the construction of the wall. Now the wall is almost built, and he doesn't want to finish it. He doesn't want to just do the connections. Right. It's a shame. We were there in March with my team. We, in a two, three-hour period in Yuma, Arizona, saw probably 150 people cross. We questioned a lot of them that could speak with us. We found them from 12 different countries, uh, a lot of men and women and children, young, old, you name it. And what's interesting is when we talked to the border agents, they were telling me that somewhere between 45 and 55% of them are not even on the border anymore. They're so busy literally babysitting, going to Walmart and buying formula and clothes. So our border, besides whether the wall will be complete or not, 50% of the agents aren't even there. So my question to you is we've now got Afghanis that are going to be coming into this country and elsewhere. We know they're not all being vetted. There's no way they're getting out and vetting them properly that quick. We've got a porous southern border that we know at least about 100 people on the have watched us have come through. Are you worried, Mr. President, about another 9-11 style attack? You're going to have it. You're going to have it. As sure as you're sitting there, you're going to have it. Forget about Afghan. You have many countries in the Middle East right now where they're coming in. But with the Afghans, we're bringing them all over the world, as we said, planes dropping them all over to countries all over the world. But here's the thing. Most of those countries are smart and they run smart. 
They're going to drop them off into this country. They're going to say, listen, we're holding them for a short period of time, but we want the U.S. to take them. We'll end up taking everybody. We're like the lapdog for every nation. When you look at, uh, when you look at, as we said, NATO, the way they use us, and then they kill us on trade. I said to Merkel of Germany, I get along with her nicely. I liked her. She's very smart and very good for Germany. I said, you don't treat us right. We can't sell cars in your country. How many Chevrolets are in the middle of Berlin? Oh, I don't believe any. Oh, you're just about right. I think there's one. It's in a museum. I said, how many Fords are in the middle of another German city? And yet we have 52,000 troops over there to protect them against Russia. And then they make a deal with Russia to give them billions of dollars with the pipeline going into Germany to give to supply Germany with energy. So, so, so let me ask you a question, Angela. So you pay Russia billions of dollars for energy and we protect you against Russia. That's not making a lot of sense. I'm the one that exposed the pipeline. You know, nobody ever talked. You probably never even heard of the pipeline going in Nord Stream 2. Nobody talked about it until I came along. And Putin even said, you're killing me on the pipeline. It's true. I was very tough with Russia, but getting along with Putin is a good thing. Getting along with Xi, I get along great with Xi of China. I get along great with Kim Jong-un, but now he's angry because he's angry about something and he's doing the nuclear stuff again. And we cannot play games with nuclear. That I Why don't Democrats understand? You keep your friends close, but the enemies closer. And that's what you did. Well, I got along great that? with most of the leaders. The only ones I didn't get along really good with were the weak ones. But those are the ones we didn't have to worry about. But I got along really great with the leaders. And like getting along well with Putin, he's got his 2000 nuclear warheads. And getting along well with Kim Jong-un was great. I got along with him. I actually liked a lot of these people. And they liked me and they respected me and they respected our country, more importantly. Now our country's a laughing stock all over the world. I got along great as an example with President Xi. I call him king. He said, but I am not the king. I said, yes, you are your president for life. It's the same thing. You're the king. But he, he and I got along great. And then COVID came. The China virus came. And when the China virus came, I made an unbelievable trade deal with China. That's what's keeping our farmers wealthy right now. But the trade deal I made with China was great. But you know what? Once COVID came, I, it was just a different thing. It was hard to get along with somebody because it came out of China. It came out of the Wuhan lab, just as I said a long time ago. Remember when I said that? They went crazy. Right. The media to protect them. You know why? Because they make a lot of money from China. And they have a fear of China. But they immediately defend China. No matter what you do, no matter what you say, they defend China. But I said it came out of the Wuhan lab, the Wuhan province. But came out of the lab. Everyone went crazy. They took me off Twitter. But it turned out to be right. Yeah, we're going to get to that one. I want to stay with COVID. That's another big one that our viewers at OAN want to know about. When it first started, and then it came out after you left office, people, of course, ran the tapes from the author when you were talking about it back in January, February. And the left and the media, of course, accusing you of downplaying it. I understand that. You understood that from a business standpoint. Talk about those exactly. You're not going to instill fear in a nation, especially when we had the best economy we'd seen in how many decades under you? We had 8 million ever. jobs and we needed ever. Hispanic, black, female, black. you name it. The jobless numbers, they were the lowest ever in history, right? Yes, Was there any missteps? Do you regret anything with the handling or did you do at the time? And looking back in retrospect, what was right for not hyping it up and scaring a nation? Well, I actually thank you for the question. Uh, I guess in life you always have missteps no matter what you do. And even if you get 100 in your exam, you could have done maybe a little bit better, right? 
We did a great job. The ventilators, there were none. We made them in a short period of time. We had them being made in Ford by Ford and General Motors and uh, Honeywell and, you know, all of these masks. We were doing what we did. All of the coverage were there, including the U.S. cupboard. The governors didn't have anything. We didn't because nobody really ever thought a pandemic would happen. No one thought a pandemic would happen. All right. That uh, concludes the third part. Almost done with the interview, guys. Almost done with the interview. Good stuff, though. Giving us a bunch of perspectives. See a lot of good things happening over in the chat. Uh, Texas Gal, uh, sweet dreams, my friend. I know 4 a.m. comes early, so uh, rest well and have a great day tomorrow. Uh, treason all around, of course, and we'll talk a little bit about that because, again, that is one of the moves they're going to make. I mean, ultimately speaking, like I said, it's it's resignation, 25th or impeachment. I'd rather it be impeachment, even though that kind of validates his existence as a president, this illegitimate joke. Uh, and I don't necessarily see, I mean, none of us here, none of us present see him as a legitimate president. Interesting, the uh, um, President Trump keeps going at it in that regard, uh, that it's gross incompetence because the man was not meant to be a president. And if you have someone who's not meant to be a president, who doesn't have the wherewithal or the know-how or the follow-through, this is what you get, right? Uh, uh, hopefully that doesn't black pill some patriots like the entire uh, COVID jab thing with President Trump. And they're going to be like, President Trump said he was incompetent when he was committing treason. I know you guys won't fall into that trap there. Uh, but I mean, uh, uh, could you could you qualify illegitimate Joe Biden as being incompetent because of the fact that he's just doing as he's told and not uh, not uh, not even trying to save face at this point? Maybe so, maybe so. But every move they've made, including helping out the enemy. And, and maybe that is another reason why, or a sub reason, or a, you know, a footnote to the reason why President Trump put that statement out today, where he said, okay, now bomb the hell out of the equipment that you left or demand that they return it. Like, let's see exactly how tough you are, illegitimate joke. Let's see if you can sniff the sniff the weapons off the Taliban because um, uh, you think you're tough by taking out a family and telling the world that it's uh, it's it's actually two leaders of the Taliban who caused this bombing, according to all reports. Um, um, but let's see if you're tough enough to demand they return eighty five million dollars or was a billion million billion dollars worth of equipment. Oh, the money. The money was 85, wasn't it? It was more than that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on the line there. You know, a lot of stuff on the line there. Uh, Just V says, um, uh, Just V says, uh, where, where'd you go, Just V? I, miss, I, I lost it. I lost it. Oh, yeah, there it is. Uh, Just V says, um, um, where'd you go? Oh. Uh, here we go. I don't know why I couldn't just remember this. Just be says, I hope he, oh, wait, 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 that's the wrong one. I think there will be a huge false flag on the 11th. And you know, um, a false flag, of course, meaning that it's orchestrated by the victim, right? To provide that, um, provide that outlet for them to uh, have a shield of protection, right? To, to make the moves that they want to make to uh, further restrict the rights of the people, um, you know, and the Taliban or Al Qaeda or ISIS 
coming into this country under the guise of a refugee status is the perfect cover for them to uh, um, initiate a false flag. Because they can say now, because because now the media is decrying Biden, Biden, decrying Biden, right? They're decrying Biden. They're they're calling for him as a shameful example of a leader and and pooping all over him, right? So you have the sh you have the blame going on Biden by the mainstream, lamestream, fake news media, right? That's my holdup. It's it, it's a setup, right? They're framing Biden as the one responsible for this, and and indeed he is. But this is all part of their plan, right? They're framing Biden as being responsible for this so that when a terrorist attack, a false flag, strikes America again, they can say, well, President Biden, who failed in his Afghanistan initiative or whatever you call it, um, because of him, the terrorists got in as refugees, right? And, and, and maybe, maybe they're hoping that uh, maybe they're hoping that, um, you know, uh, maybe they're hoping that uh, they can, they can, what I would say is use him as a janitor, right? They're going to clean him out. Biden, the janitor, came in and cleaned out all of our sins. He's the martyr for the deep state because he fell and he took the bullet. He took one for the team. We could say um, all of the mismanagement, all of the incompetence, all of the treason, all of the corruption, everything that is wrong with the deep state that the patriots point out to the sheeple who still don't see. We can use Biden as our scapegoat fall man patsy to take all of the blame away from the deep state so that once Biden's gone, we can install a new person and uh, they're going to call that person uh, Kamala Harris who I used to remember as a very fat wrestler from back in the day um, and, and, and try and maybe prop her up forgetting that we know the history of Kamala Harris and we know her ties to the cartels and we know her record as, you know, um, as a attorney general and DA over in um, California. And we know everything about this woman, right? But they're going to try and wash their hands and absolve their own sins on to Biden as he falls. And perhaps that's the stake in the game. That's the pawn that he was meant to be in the grand scheme of things. Um, and, and he'll retire to Epstein Island and live out his days sniffing children until he dies. Because that's probably about the amount of justice that uh, they're hoping to serve up to Americans, even though we demand more. You know, um, but we will see what happens. But but under this entire uh, guise of the fall of Biden, under his entire ineptness as a leader, they could very well pass off a false flag on 9-11 on him and blame it on him. And then, you know, uh, strike back into action. But they won't have the support of patriots the way that uh, W did. That's for damn sure. Uh, because um, the veil wasn't so thin back during the days of W. And, uh, you know, weapons of mass destruction or, you know, um, um, you know, Osama bin Laden, you know, frolicking in the hills of Afghanistan. Uh, that was enough to get patriots in motion back in uh, 2001 to 2005, 6. You know, uh, they're not going to have that support now. Because Antifa sure ain't going to sign up for the military to go defend our country. That's for damn sure. You know, so we'll see what happens.
But uh, interesting stuff there. Interesting stuff there. Who's ghosting me, Aurelius Locke? Say thee, anyways. Oh, is it just V? Just V, are you are you ghosting me? <laughs> um, let's see, just V. We'll get into the next part of this interview. Uh, is he going to talk about vaccines or not? Hmm. Let's find out. It sounds like sort of an ancient thing, you know, or go back to 1917, which was so bad. But nobody thought it was going to happen. And we got into gear. And then, of course, I took the FDA and I forced them just sheer will. And I was nasty to them, too, because they're a bunch of bureaucrats. I forced them. Look how long it takes them to get everything approved. But I forced them to get a vaccine done. Now, you have a lot of, you know, people feel differently about vaccines. But and I think mandates are terrible. And I think giving it to young kids are terrible. I think they have to go to school. They got to get there. You look at other countries where they... I mean, Germany, where they start in school and other countries where they start in school, and there's like no incidence of anything. But we have a whole different kind of a mindset. I think we did a phenomenal job on the China virus, except for one thing, public relations. But no matter what you did, remember for a while I was doing a news conference every day and people love the news conference, the highest rated show on television, just about. Right? What do you mean? They loved you it. mean Mr. Cuomo's wasn't? Yeah, yeah. Cuomo's. <laughs> how did, he how got did, an Emmy for How did they turn it? How did they, they took it back last week. So anyway, oh, they did take <laughs> they it took me back. back. I, I have a couple. I'll give you one. So, so uh, here's the thing. So we did. We got the word out, but the media is fake. They just don't want to report it the way it is. We did a great job. In addition, we report all of our COVID at a level that nobody in the world does. If somebody's dying of a heart attack and dying of cancer, and they're somewhere close to being uh, somebody with COVID. They put it down as COVID because, believe it or not, the doctors get more money. Yes. You know that, right? Can we please clarify that? Because that has upset me and I think millions of Americans for the last 18 months. The 623,000 death toll yeah. and the lovely, and we'll get to CNN in a minute in the fake news, their lovely death ticker they had up in the last 18 months, scaring the bejesus out of American citizens, I think to me is treasonous. But that's another story for another day with you. Well, they did have it, by the way. And but it's not 623, is it? Not because much less, it died much with much and died from and they by the way, the if you look at China's real numbers and if you look at other real numbers and if you look at India's real numbers, they with us, everything, if you're in the same vicinity as somebody with COVID and you die because your heart gave out, right. you die of COVID. Thank you for clarifying okay? that. And everyone knows it and they hate to say it, but we have an evil, corrupt media. It's corrupt as can be. And... I never really figured out why. You know, what's bad about having a strong military? What's bad about having good education? What's bad? All these different things that we could talk about endlessly. But they are largely corrupt. You guys are amazing. Your numbers are far better. I have to tell you this, David. OAN, your numbers are far better than anybody knows. They don't do the Nielsen on your network right so many people are watching what you're doing the election fraud of 2020 is the single biggest thing they want to watch and other networks don't put it on because they're afraid they're to scared. put it on yeah. because they've been silenced we don't like being part of the system because the system is corrupt as hell all i'm saying you is I know your it. numbers any numbers that you see and you don't see those numbers so many people are watching oan We'll get to meeting in a second. I want to say on COVID just real quick because I had some viewers send messages in to me to ask you. I'll, I'll paraphrase what they were asking. You just mentioned that you were all for personal 
choice when it comes to the vaccine for adults. You don't believe kids should take it. That's where I'm at. It should be a choice, right? And as far as the mask mandates and the lockdowns, some of these governors from Whitmer to Cuomo to Newsom, what they did to their states over the last 18 months, absolutely ridiculous. Well, the states are actually doing worse. It's amazing. The lockdown states have done essentially worse than states that weren't locked down. Now, I have to make one statement, though. I am extremely proud of what I've done because I got the FDA to do something that would have taken them five years. I got it done in less than nine months and we got it out and I bought billions and everything else. At the same time, freedom and choice and all of those things you have to have. You can't force people to do it. I also think that Biden has been a very bad seller. I was not having any problem. You know, we were doing millions of vaccinations, millions. We were doing phenomenally. Then he came in and people don't trust him. That's why they're not getting the vaccine. People don't trust him. But I believe without it, we would have had another Spanish flu. 1917 killed almost 100 million people. I think we would have. And this is worldwide. I'm talking about worldwide. But at the same time, you have people that for good reason, for their reasons, they don't want to have it. I don't think you should be forcing them to have it. You think it's safe if people want to do it? Adults, other than you have the choice. My question to you on, on finishing up this, this line of questioning would be the media, Mr. Biden and Mrs. Harris for months, to me, scared the American people, telling them they wouldn't trust a vaccine coming from Donald Trump. That's right. And the minute they take over, fraudulently, it's, you better take it or else. It's now a forced vax. And your thoughts on the passports we're seeing in some of these cities. I never understood when they came out, would you take it? I trust nothing given to us by Donald Trump. Then as soon as they took off, they said, oh, the vaccine's the greatest thing ever. It's the greatest thing. They had nothing to do with it. Remember Biden in his speech said, and we will come up with a vaccine. Well, he got the vaccine two months before that. He got the vaccine on December 11th. So it was two months before that. And I said, was that a moment, a bad moment for him? Or did he actually mean that? But they said we wouldn't trust anything from Trump. They did another very bad thing. When they paused Johnson & Johnson, they paused. You know, Johnson & Johnson is a great company, but it doesn't do as well as Pfizer with government. The people running Pfizer have a great relationship, let me put it that way, with government. You notice now they're coming in with boosters and this and that. Yes. Pfizer, what they did. And they came out and after me, and two days after the election was over, they announced we have a successful vaccine, 95% all that. And I said... I think most people knew that. But remember this, the press made that the biggest story in history because it was after the election. If it had done two days before, and I think most people knew it, I was saying to everybody, we have it, we have it. But if it was done two days before, the press would have made it a very small story. They would have said, ho-hum, there's a vaccine, no big deal, everybody knew it was going to happen. But because it was after the election, they made it a big story. So I never viewed that as a big deal. The theft and the, the uh, dishonesty of the election was a very big deal. But on the vaccine, when they made that such a big story, if it happened two or three days or a week before, you wouldn't have even read about it because the media is so dishonest. Well, we're getting to that. Uh, I want to touch on the economy. You brought it up there briefly. And because prior to COVID, things were zinging in this country. Let's be real. Yeah. We just talked about greatest economy in history. Exactly. And kudos to you. Mr. And President. did it a second time. So we built it a second time. We took care of COVID, which was a very tough time. And you had a lot of different views on it. And nobody really knew. We took care of COVID. 
I banned China from coming in. I banned Europe from coming in. And everybody said, that's a terrible thing. They called me a racist, including Fauci was against it. Everybody, Pelosi, uh, Biden said I was xenophobic. I said, give me a definition of xenophobic, Joe. Do you remember? Because he had no idea what it meant, but they told him to say don't know much these days. He said I was a xenophobe. But what happened is I banned China. Then Fauci said four months later, I saved thousands of lives by doing that. That's true probably hundreds of thousands of lives by doing that. But uh, I built the economy a second time. We had the most number of jobs, 160 million people working. And it was very interesting. I think you'd find this interesting. For the first time that I can remember many, many years, because it really started with Bush to an extent, but with, with Obama, the hatred in the country. There was tremendous hatred. We had an economy that was so strong, African-American, Asian Americans, everybody, Hispanic Americans in particular, they were doing so great. Everybody was doing great. Women, men with diploma, without diploma, MIT graduate and, and somebody that didn't go to high school. Everybody, every group was the highest it ever was. We had 160 million jobs. People were calling me from the left to get together. First time ever. Right. And then we had the plague come in from China and that stuff. But I'm telling you, uh, the country can unify, but the success is going to be what unifies it. And the problem is right now we're at one of the lowest points we've ever been. We have inflation. We have gas prices that are going to go over five. You know, I left. It was a dollar eighty-seven a gallon. Now it's going to go over five dollars. That's bigger than any tax increase you can give. Every fifty cents, and that's many fifty cents, is bigger than any. The tax increase is small, really for middle income people, small potatoes compared to that. But we have inflation. We have big tax increases scheduled, massive. We have got ourselves a mess of a country. Yeah, you touched on a few of those. and That's what I want to get at with the Biden administration. He's out there and this has to infuriate you. And it does me taking credit for jobs simply that are coming back because we were closed down. For, you must. He's buying the jobs. And he's, and he's acting he's like, buying. right, well, they're bribing people to stay home. You name it. When you look at what's happening with inflation, lumber up six, seven hundred percent gas, as you said, we live in California. We're paying about five bucks out there. Right. What are they doing wrong? And if you were in right now, what would you do differently? That would have been kickstarting this economy a heck of a lot. Sooner. Also, it's food, food, Prices food is gas. doubling, tripling, quadrupling. It's not just the gasoline. When gasoline goes up, energy goes up, everything goes up. That's like, you know, that's like a big key. Yeah, food prices indeed do go up. All right. We could have skipped part four of this interview because it was all about the jab. And some people still get caught up in their feels over it. I would just try and put positive energy into that. Uh, but that's just me speaking. Okay, so we can get through this. Uh, I'll spare you all the commentary on that segment. Let's go ahead and get into the final segment of this interview. And uh, we shall move forward, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going into overtime tonight, but I owe it to you for my absence yesterday. So uh, I hope you don't mind. But one of the things they've done, I not only did I give the biggest tax cut in history, I also gave the biggest by far regulation cuts. They're putting all these regulations back. And what's happening is prices are going up and we're not able to keep, compete with other countries because they don't have the regulations that we. I got rid of more regulations than any president in the history of our country by far. And, you know, I say that at rallies. I say it and the press never questions me because, you know what, they can't because it's true. I got rid of so many regulations. I think it was more important than the tax cuts, actually. If you ask 
the leaders of big business, it was more important than the tax cuts. We got rid of regulations and everything was good. They're putting the regulations back. They just disapproved Anwar. Anwar, they've been trying to get it before Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan couldn't do it. I got it done. It's the biggest energy source probably in the world in Alaska. They just ended it. They just ended it. Alaska should never vote for a Democrat or Murkowski, by the way, which is the same thing as a Democrat. Alaska. We'll get to the rhinos. What they did, what they did, the rhinos are actually the rhinos are are worse (laughs) in many ways than the Democrats, because the Democrats, at least, you know where they're coming from. Right, right. You got us to oil independency. Just the other day, we hear Mr. Biden telling OPEC to start making. Can you believe it? More fuel for us. Why do we need that? We don't. What would be in their mindset and why in the hell would you stop the Keystone Pipeline, cost thousands of jobs, low energy prices, and then start buying it in from foreign nations? This makes you, no you've sense. heard it. I hate to say it because everybody, but I stopped the Russian pipeline and started Keystone. He did the opposite. He, le- he let Russia build their pipeline, the biggest pipeline in the world, by the way, covers Europe, thing called Europe, Germany in particular. And he ended 48,000 jobs. And that's the real number, 48,000 jobs in Keystone. And those people are devastated. I don't know if you've seen them or interviewed them. They're devastated. The pipeline workers and all of the other jobs that go along with it. Is that a virtue signal the environmentalists? Or why would you do that? I think he did that to get on the side of the radical left because for whatever reason, they don't like pipelines, even though a pipeline is far better than trucking it and putting it on rail. Safer. I think he did it really because of the radical left. I think they're doing a lot of things. I just heard a statistic, uh, on one of your shows today, it's very interesting that we have less pollution in the air during the pandemic when everything was shut down to a large extent. Right. There's less pollution. There was no more. In other words, it, you would think that it would have gone down, up, something. Nothing yeah, happened. changed. I did see that. If anything, it got better. It got better. And we're talking about carbon in the air. It got better. Now, why would that be? You know, what, what's going on? The numbers were better. Um, they are using the environment to destroy our country. When I look at windmills over these gorgeous fields, and now you look at windmills, and after eight or nine years, they start to rot and to rust, and they get replaced, but they never take them down. They go to another area. They're always standing up there rotting and rusting. Go to places in California. Take a look at Palm Springs, California. It's like a junkyard. I used to live there. It's like a junkyard. You know what I'm talking about. They're all over. They're all over. Everyone's a different size, a different color, a different manufacturer. And that area doesn't get that energy, by the way. That area doesn't receive that energy. It doesn't get energy. The people that own those windmills, they ship that energy to different parts of California. That area that has to look at them, they don't get the energy. Uh, You you talked on this. It it is really amazing. It's a very expensive energy. You know, we have natural gas, which is very clean. It costs us nothing. When you see those big plumes of fire, we're, we're throwing it away. We're getting rid of it. We have natural gas for nothing, and it's powerful. And then you look at these windmills that are all made in Germany and China, almost all of them in China, but a lot of them in Germany. And when you look at these massive things, they kill the birds, they destroy the landscape, destroy it. And people, you know, they're machines. They burn out, They, and nobody takes them down. And what you're doing to our oceans, even our fish, if you, if, yeah, I mean, you know, you can go to the step where it really creates a lot of havoc down there, right. which makes sense with the vibration and everything else. So you take a look at windmill. It's very expensive and ugly. Solar is, is pretty good, but it also takes large, vast numbers of acres. You know, if you ever look at these solar farms. And it's a weak energy by comparison to what we already have. And aren't we getting most of the technology from China? 
or we get the technology, we get the panels from China. Right. We get most solar panels from China. So they love it. No, they don't have it. You know, they open up coal plants every week. They open up a new plant. You know that. China's opening up a coal plant every single week. And then we go back into the Paris Accord, which is the supposedly climate accord, costs us a trillion dollars. It's going to cost us way more than a trillion dollars. China's not included for another 15 years. Russia's included in the dirtiest year, mid-1990s, the dirtiest year. That was where they have to go. And we have to suffer with the highest standard ever. And we're not the polluters. You know, when you look at the Pacific Ocean and all the junk that's pouring in from Asia, comes in from Asia, comes in from China, Japan, and it comes in from India. And it pours. And you know where it lands? On the beaches of Los Angeles. Okay? And we don't say anything about it. Nobody even knows about it. But it comes in so much, it's almost impossible to get rid of. But nobody says anything. And then we're supposed to sign the Paris Climate Accord. It's we are just, it's hard to believe our country. Well, we owe $32 trillion very soon. So, you know, it's not a question like surviving. We own $32 trillion. And these other countries laugh at us. But I ended the climate accord, the Paris climate accord. And I thought that was going to be a bad day. I said, oh, I'm going to get killed. You know what? The people loved it. They loved it. And they're very unhappy that we're back into it. Because what it represents is really a partial destruction of our country. Well, we were already doing clean energy in this country. And as you just said, massive uh, Indonesian countries don't keep the same standards. They're the ones polluting, not us. We have to be the the good guy. We're already being the good guy. You know what they use as their garbage can, right? The ocean. Ocean, yeah. You you touched on it briefly. Uh, We didn't say it by name, but we got to talk about the Green New Deal. Uh, and this $3.5 trillion budget reconciliation, the 1.2 infrastructure. You look at what Biden talked about the other day, and it sounds like he's jumping on the bandwagon with it, with AOC types, right? The radical left. I mean, talking about changing these buildings out and going fully electric by, in nine years, 2030, we won't have the infrastructure with the charging much stations. Smaller we can't windows. even do this. What's this going to cost the American taxpayers? We can't do this. Buildings with no windows, if that's possible, okay? Let's build a building. How do you think I'd do building a building with no windows? Gee, there's Central Park. Well, <laughs> but you can't see it anymore, okay? No, the whole thing is crazy. Right. And they stopped some of it. You know, they had the cows in there. We're going to get rid of all cattle, all cows, yeah, everything. Yeah. I guess people are going to be next based on everything, right? <laughs> but they stopped. It is the craziest thing. Designed by a young woman that knows nothing about the environment, but AOC. She's making a good old-fashioned Schumer's petrified because Schumer thinks she's going to run for the Senate from New York, and she'd win. If she ran, she'd win. And Schumer doesn't want that to happen. So Schumer's all in on this stuff, Uh, and it'll probably happen anyway. It's going to be very interesting to see. But they're fighting from within, and uh, the the sort of of middle-of-the-road Democrats are conceding on everything. They're conceding on everything. What happened to the Kennedy Democrats? I had on RFK Jr. the other day. They might be there, but they don't. We had a conversation, and I said, you know, what happened to the folks that your uncle and and your dad, they would reach across the aisle. They could speak with Republicans back in the 60s, 70s, even 80s. Reagan worked with Democrats. What 20, happened to those Democrats? The other both ways. We'd go yeah. both ways. And they'd go out to dinner. You know, I heard stories where they were best friends, a Republican congressman's best friends with a with a Democrat congressman, and they go out to dinner and everything else, and then they'd fight a little bit. But they'd get along, and you'd have a lot of mixed votes, right? Right. Now, like the impeachment hoax, 100% of the Democrats 
voted to impeach. 100% of the Republicans voted not to impeach, but they had a few more votes because they had a majority, which I think is going to change very rapidly, I have to tell you. I think the majority, I think that they're doing so bad. And, you know, I thought the wall was the most incompetent thing I've ever seen. The wall looks like genius now, meaning the southern border compared to Afghanistan. I think Afghanistan is not retrievable. I don't think you can ever come back. No, it's lost. No, I I don't mean even there. I mean politically. Oh, politically. I think it's so bad politically for what they've done. Leaving people behind. (laughs) Leaving, could be thousands. They have no idea who the Americans are. But giving the list of all Americans to the Afghans, who are our enemy. You know, I dealt very well with with, uh, the people when I was dealing with them. Very, very well. But they are our enemies. Giving them a list of the Americans, that's almost like at a, a minimum, it's going to be harsh, but it could be a death sentence. But some idiot in our government, and, and we should find out who that person is. Yes, so that as pay and be charged with treason and be sent to Leavenworth. Well, or, or just pure <laughs> stupidity and fire the person. You well, know, I don't know. Treason would be like they want to have the people. I think they're just stupid people. I really do. I think they just gave them a list of every American in Afghanistan. And we know that the Taliban, maybe not Abdul or the leaders, but we know ground troops with them, have discussions with ISIS-K. I've talked with soldiers that were over there that say, oh, I would have one of the guys in the Afghan army I'm supposed to be training, and he would go over here and text somebody from the Taliban or ISIS and tell them what we were doing. They can't be trusted. Well, you'd have all the shootings where the sergeant is teaching them how to right. do this. Get shot in the back. Green on blue, blue on green. And what happens is they get the gun finally. They've been trained. And he takes the gun, starts shooting Americans. Yeah. And we've never had that to the extent that we have in Afghanistan. You know, because we've been involved in that whole thing before with other countries. We've never had anything like it where so many people turn the guns on us. And, you know, they were the, among the highest paid soldiers in the world. And I remember Mattis, world's most overrated general. He came in and he told me, sir, they're fighting and they're fighting hard. I said, General, we're paying them a fortune to fight. What's going to happen when we don't? Sir, they're fighting for their country. They're not like the American led, soldier. They I never will be. Dan, we're led by a bunch of fools. Yes. And our country has never been at a lower point and we're no longer respected by anybody, including countries that used to love us. We're led by fools. Yeah, it makes me by sick. stupid people. It makes me sick to my stomach. We were just talking about old school Kennedy Democrats and when the two parties could find some common ground or something. I'd like to talk to you, though, about the party that we belong to and the Republican Party today versus the America First movement. You have a lot of governors and new young freshman congressmen and women who are on the MAGA and the America First train, and they seem to be butting a lot of heads with some of these old-school Republicans. Where do you see that ending? Should we try to bring them into the fray or convince them, or should these, if we want to call them, older rhinos that want to just stay establishment, do they need to get kicked to the curb? So you're in a room that sees a lot of people coming here, people coming, and in Palm Beach, etc., where they come in, and they want my endorsement because the endorsement represents something very important. It's America first. It's yes. make America great again, whatever you want to say. And people that have been there for a long time will be beaten and have been beaten by people that just started in politics because 
One's for Trump and America first, and the other one is not for America first. They're rhinos. Guys like Romney. If Romney ran right now, or little Ben Sass, if a guy like Ben Sass, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham and Ted Cruz came to me and they said, could you give Ben Sass an endorsement? I said, I don't like him. I don't like what he's saying. Ben Sass came over, dropped to his knees. He, that guy practically dropped to his knees, begged me for the endorsement. I gave him an endorsement, which I shouldn't have done in Nebraska. I did well in Nebraska, won Nebraska. And a day later, right after he won the election, and I think somebody could have beaten him. You know, there was a case. It was a good lesson for me. I think somebody would have beaten Ben Sass. He's a zero, nothing, nothing. I actually don't even know if he loves our country because the things he does are so stupid. But somebody would have beaten him. The day after he wins, he starts hitting me because I want to bring troops out of Germany because Germany is screwing us on economics and on the military. And I said, I want to bring troops out. We have 52,000 soldiers. I want to reduce it to 25, and then we'll see what happens. Save hundreds of billions of dollars, okay, for a country that really takes advantage of us. You know, China's been, but the European Union treats us almost as badly as China. People don't realize that. But guys like Romney, if Romney ran right now in Utah, he couldn't get elected dog catcher. No, he'd be smoked. But the problem is we have them for another three years. So. Let's talk about those elections because there have been a lot of candidates that come on my yeah. program and on the network. Yeah. And, of course, they are wanting the Trump endorsement. So I will ask you, Mr. President, how does that work? How do you, when you're looking at someone, what's the criteria and how do you set it up where you will endorse a candidate? And the second part of that question would be, what would your advice be to the regular average American who's thinking, I need to get involved? I want to run for office. So as far as running, it is America first. I mean, I see some of these people. It's like, what are they doing? You know, I guess maybe if you go back 100 years when we had these massive, you know, we had no income tax and we had massive tariffs because we were smart. We had in the 1880s, when a country wanted to come in and take money from the United States, they could, but they had to pay tariffs. We became so rich. They had the great tariff debate of 1888. You know what the debate was? Where do we spend all our money? They had no idea. Then they went to income tax and a lot of crazy things happened over the years. But our country was so great. We had so much money. It was run so well. And now when you look at these fools with this tax policy, where you're allowing other countries to just come in and, and rip off the United States of America. So when people like a guy named Toomey in Pennsylvania, if I want to tax China because they're killing us on trade, so I want to put a tax or a tariff on China, team would say, Sir, it's not free market. I said, what's not free market? They're killing us. They're tariffing us. If they're tariffing us 100%, can we tariff them 100%? No, sir, it's not free market. Explain it. Why? Explain it, okay? They couldn't explain it. He couldn't explain it. But he's getting out. You know why? Because I wouldn't give him my endorsement. It's very simple. And he would have lost in Pennsylvania, a state that I won by a lot, by the way. Right. Do you believe in term limits for Congress, members of Congress. So I always viewed, I, I like term limits in one ways, but I will say this, you know what a term limit is? If you had a proper government with a fair press, a term limit is an election. It's an election. The reason you have these guys hanging around so long is they control the media. The media controls them. Because the concept of term limit is very artificial. The term limit should be the election. But I'm okay with term limits. You hit media, and I would love to hit the media. This is something I've been doing for 27 years. I did local television, and I always wanted to get to a network. 
And then over the past few years, and especially when you announced your candidacy, I started watching what the CNNs, the MSNBCs in the world were doing, the national media, and how they treated you and your family. And to me, it was grotesque. Why do you think that the media, and we've known for decades, they've always been biased to the left. There's been studies done. It's 98% of them are biased to the left. Why do you think they've attacked you so hard and gone after you in that manner like no other president before? Like nobody's ever seen. And protect Biden. You know, their new thing thing on Afghanistan is he's taken us out. No, we could have gone out. We could have gone out with great dignity and with saving lives and everything else. Nothing to do with it. But they're trying to protect him on that. When he fell up the stairs, he actually was falling up the stairs three times. It was not on any program. If that would have been me, it would have been the biggest story for months. It would have been like career ending. It was never on the media. It was never on the... The mainstream media, his trip. It's okay, you can trip. Gerald Ford tripped. By the way, he never lived it down. In fact, I would go very carefully down those stairs. I don't want to trip because you, you just don't live it down with these people. With him, they never even put it on. Two things. Why do they protect them? And with Biden, there's nothing to protect. The people get it. Ultimately, the people get it. I got 75 million votes. I had the media totally against me. I mean, outside of yourself and a few other, you know, I had the media against me, right? As much as anybody's ever seen. Nobody's ever seen anything like it. I had the vicious Democrats, communists, socialists, call them whatever the hell they are, where they'll impeach you if you if you sneeze, and just vicious what they do, and I had big tech against me. And I was told you can't win. I got 70, you can't win if you have big tech. I got 75 million votes, more than any sitting president's ever gotten. He didn't get 81 million votes. There's no way he got 81. I'd come into Arizona and we'd have 45,000 people at a rally. He'd come into Arizona and he'd have eight circles and he couldn't fill them. He had to ask the press. He didn't ask the press because he couldn't do that. He wouldn't know how. But the press would be asked to fill the circles, please, because they had no people. And then I'm upset in Arizona, and Fox called it early when I was leading big. What did Fox know to do that? Before we wrap things up here, I want to give a big thank you to not only President Donald J. Trump, but also his entire staff here at the Trump International Golf Course in Bedminster, New Jersey. You went to Bedminster, Mr. Ball. Mr. Ball went to Bedminster. All right. Just commenting on this uh, interview here is one of the more uh, insightful, uh, you know, interviews that we had where he's not dealing with – you know, a schmuck that just wants to make a name for himself because we see that happen quite often. But uh, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, indeed. And uh, I mean, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was uh, the interview on OANN. Man, I told you guys we're going to be sandwiching the today's report between interviews. That means we're still at the start of the show. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see because uh, I still got some. Uh, I still got a little bit more news to share with you guys. And uh, thanks for hanging out. Uh, we'll be hanging out for just a little while longer. And uh, absolutely, absolutely. For all of you guys who uh, dropped off for um, a necessity of sleep and rejuvenation or because we were we were pinwheeling pretty bad at the beginning of the show, apparently, with, uh, you know, as far as connections to the Foxhole app go, uh, you can always check out the replay. But in the meantime, we will stay live because we've got more stuff to talk about. Philly Q. Uh, in the house, good evening, my friend, as well as, uh, who else did I see? Oh, WC Crane Op. What's up, West Coast Operator? Smooth Crane Operator. How you doing? Glad to have you in the chats. And Smee17, I see you in there also. 
Oh man, suspense and hope and faith. I think that's about what we run on here nowadays and also uh, any of the good works that we can put into it all, um, you know, to back up that faith that we profess to have. Good works, good faith, good works, good actions, all good stuff. So yes, uh, the, the main question of the day and, you know, that, uh, that interview with President Trump was pretty much all encompassing, you know, um, whenever they have a chance to uh, sit down with a president like that, um, you know, uh, just to pick his brain for a while. I mean, they were in Bidminster, New Jersey anyhow. So uh, why not go for the gold? But um, a lot of a lot of what he talked about, of course, dealing with the incompetent Biden administration, which uh, a lot of us will acknowledge as being a treasonous and well thought out plan in the hands of an incompetent man who just does what he's told. Totally understandable. Totally understandable. Uh, but now we're seeing, of course, um, uh, this narrative, which I believe is exactly what this incident is, uh, you know, supposed to be, uh, is is the um, removal of Biden. And, and, and in, in my uh, slumber time, I, I would call it the deep states, uh, the globalists taking out of president-elect, resident-select, illegitimate joke Biden. And that is to finally get him off their hands, to wipe away their sins with him as a martyr to the deep state and all of their glory. Uh, he's got to go. And uh, they knew it. He knew it. He's even said it. He's had a slip of the tongue, a Freudian flip, if you want to call it that, on more than five occasions. And, uh, and he's about to see his way out um, with no regard to respect or dignity for himself or his family or his country. Uh, but indeed, you know, as we've, uh, we've talked about, uh, we've had uh, several members of the uh, GOP, the Republican Party, uh, either calling for his impeachment or for removal by 25th Amendment. Um, and indeed here now we have another representative who's calling for his impeachment. Now, if you guys remember, Marjorie Taylor Greene, for the second time in her political career history, for the second time in uh, you know, illegitimate Joe Biden's faux administration, uh, she's calling for his impeachment uh, on the grounds of uh, um, you know, incompetence, uh, amongst other things. She had uh, three, three points in her um, uh, articles of impeachment. Right. Uh, but uh, of course, here we have the Republicans undoubtedly holding him accountable for the way that he handled the botched Afghanistan mission and or withdrawal. Uh, I can't believe that he even dared to put a mission accomplished, you know, in a little ticker tape across the screen like that makes absolutely you no. Know, what on earth did you accomplish? The destabilization of a country, the invasion of um, the United States of America. And uh, seeing yourself out, mission accomplished, illegitimate joke. You, uh, you uh, got gold stars on all three of those points. Uh, of course, we had a House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, making pretty weak statements. When you got, uh, when you got freshman members of uh, the House and Senate uh, going for the gold, freshman and even sophomore, uh, you have the speaker, you know, the, the minority leader, who can't even get the words impeachment out of his mouth. Uh, but that's not to say that others were not calling for it. Of course, we have uh, several members calling for his resignation. Uh, we're up to 23 members of the GOP who are uh, telling Biden that he needs to resign. Resignation, impeachment, or 25th Amendment. Uh, 
Uh, 25th Amendment will be a little bit more tricky, but uh, can't you guys see Kamala Harris kind of uh, pulling that one off? Because uh, she would be the one that needs to initiate it. Now we have uh, Jim Banks of Idaho, Andy Biggs of Arizona, Elise Stefanik of New York, Claudia Tenney of New York, Jeff Van Drew of New Jersey, Marjorie Taylor Green of Georgia, Lance Gooden of Texas, Brian Donalds of Florida, Ronnie Jackson of Texas, Greg Stube of Florida, Mark, Mike Garcia of California, Jody Heiss of Georgia, Vicki Hatzler of Missouri, Tom Rice of South Carolina, Lauren Bobert of Colorado, Mike Waltz of Florida, Guy Reschenthaler of Pennsylvania, Mark Green of Tennessee, Lee Zeldin of New York, Warren Davidson of Tennessee, Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma, Barry Loudermilk of Georgia, and Roger Williams of Texas, all calling for Biden's resignation. We even have one Representative Rice who's calling for uh, uh, Biden to resign, um, saying that uh, he um, uh, turned over the job to some that we should turn over the job to someone who can handle it. Of course, the irony there is uh, this Representative Rice is one of the 10 band of brothers who called for President Trump's impeachment and they console each other in the corner, wiping each other's butts on their uh, cell phones, sharing the misery that is being a traitor to their country. Uh, but that's where that stands in that regard. But now we have one representative, Mo Brooks of Alabama, whom we've talked about a bit here on the Sea Report within the last couple of weeks. Um, and he is calling for the impeachment of President-select Biden, or at least an impeachment probe for treason. Treason, ladies and gentlemen, which is ladies and gentlemen, which is just the name of the game that I've been seeing over in the chats. We want to impeach him for treason, for after all, he has aided, abetted, and consoled the enemy, as well as enriched and defended them. Whether he knew it or not, he just went along with the storyline of his puppet masters and the narrative that they needed to spin in order to further their own agenda. Mo Brooks says, uh, we need to impeach uh, Biden for treason, if not, if he does not resign, or get removed by the 25th Amendment. So all three outs seem to be in play here. Resignation, 25th Amendment, or impeachment. I would say impeachment would be the way to go, but watch this fool resign. Watch him resign. Watch him go out that way, and America eats it, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. But in regards to uh, this impeachment calling by uh, Representative Mo Brooks, who is running for the United States Senate in Alabama in 2022... Um, he says that uh, Joe Biden needs to resign or face removal from an office or an impeachment probe for treason following his disastrous handling of the United States exit from Afghanistan. And uh, he's not the only one calling for this type of impeachment. We also have um, Senator out of Missouri, Josh Hawley, calling for Biden's resignation. Now, if President-select uh, Biden should refuse to resign, then Congressman Brooks calls on Vice President Kamala Harris, and I'm sure she will be uh, listening to him with ears wide open, to initiate the 25th Amendment procedure to remove Joe Biden, illegitimate joke Biden, pedo Joe, creepy Joe, sleepy Joe, from the presidency of the United States of America. And of course... Should Vice President, uh, you know, what the hell Harris decline to initiate the 25th Amendment? 
removal procedures, then um, Mo Brooks will call on Congress to investigate whether Joe Biden should be impeached pursuant to Article 2, Section 4 of the United States Constitution for the commission of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, the United States Constitution, Article 3, Section 3, defines treason as adhering to America's enemies, giving them aid and comfort, which we can see he's done on all fronts, especially when you consider how many times he allowed the Taliban to call the shots, which I'm sure was very comforting to their psyche and emotional uh, well-being, in regards to how this withdrawal would be handled by the United States forces in the country of Afghanistan. And it definitely does appear in that way. He's aided and abetted the transfer of advancement, advanced American weaponry, weaponry to the Taliban and other terrorist entities by association of the Taliban, all, uh, all tied together by the Haqqani terrorist network there in the Middle East. And they've all proven themselves to be enemies of the United States, thereby giving American enemies aid and comfort, regardless of the doubt that we tried to give these individuals about their sensibilities and goodwill as human beings. Uh, now, here's a statement from uh, Representative Mo Brooks in regards to this matter. He says, President Joe Biden has proven himself to be a complete and total fiasco. The horror of dead American military personnel giving their lives in defense of a botched Afghanistan withdrawal is Joe Biden's pinnacle of incompetence. As such, President Biden should, in the name of honor, resign as president of the United States of America. Um, and uh, he goes on to say, America needs a president who shows strength and confidence in the face of a dictatorial geopolitical adversary. Time and time again, President Joe Biden has shown the strength of a marshmallow and the intellectual capacity and judgment of a gnat. America and the free world simply cannot afford the risks of such a vacuous man in the office of President of the United States. Should President Biden decline to do the honorable thing and resign, Vice President Harris should initiate efforts to remove President Biden pursuant to the 25th Amendment to the Constitution. There was a time when Joe Biden had a keen mind and was capable of weighing myriad facts to reach sound judgments. Personally speaking, ladies and gentlemen, I have not heard of these times. I heard he was a terrible student in university. Anyways, unfortunately, those days are long gone. Joe Biden's mental capacity has significantly eroded and President Biden simply lacks the mental capacity needed to be an effective leader of the free world. President Joe Biden has proven himself to be a complete and total fiasco. The horror of dead American military personnel giving their lives in defense of a botched Afghanistan withdrawal is Joe Biden's pinnacle of incompetence as such. President Biden should, in the name of honor, resign as president of the United States. Okay. And uh, it goes on here to say... Um, it goes on here to say a secondary impeachment question relates to the Constitution, Article 4, Section 4, which states the United States shall protect every state in this union against invasion. 
The word invasion is defined by Oxford Dictionary as an incursion by a large number of people or things into a place or sphere of activity or an unwelcome intrusion into another's domain. Under either invasions definition, President Biden is actively aiding, abetting, and coordinating an invasion across America's poorest southern border into Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, and the rest of America. And as such, President Biden's southern border abdication should be fully investigated to determine whether it, too, is an impeachable offense. President Joe Biden had an obligation to safely and securely remove American assets and citizens from Afghanistan. Instead, Biden left the Taliban and terrorist entities with inordinate control over American lives, American military equipment, and American military personnel, thereby putting them all at risk. For emphasis, Biden armed the Taliban and other terrorist organizations, all enemies of the United States. With the latest and best military technology and equipment America has to offer, President Biden's failures have caused an a humanitarian crisis and the heaviest loss of American life in Afghanistan in a decade. President Biden has failed as commander in chief. President Biden is unable to meet the challenges of a president of the United States. He is mentally unfit to hold the presidency. In a recent news conference, Biden said he bears responsibility for what has unfolded. I agree. As such, the honorable thing for Biden to do is resign. Failing that, Vice President What the Hell Harris should invoke the 25th Amendment and remove President Biden from office. Failing that, Congress should initiate an impeachment investigation and impeach President Biden if the investigation confirms that Biden's misfeasance and malfeasance in office are as bad as they appear to be. And those, my friends, are the words of Representative Mo Brooks of Alabama in regards to the situation. So uh, he's taken it to another level, um, you know, and he's covering all his bases. And again, ladies and gentlemen, um, I do believe that this is the uh, play that we are being scripted to see, regardless of the outcomes and regardless of uh, what transpires. This is part of his exit from the center stage and part of the implementation of the next puppet to be installed into the White House. And uh, we'll see it happen either way. I, I mean, there's no way that Biden can survive this, y'all. And I think you all see it as well. It's not, a, it's not a pulling of hair or a rubbing of monkey burns into people's arms to understand it. Um, uh, we were waiting for this moment anyways. We thought uh, Biden would get sick or we thought uh, Biden would, uh, you know, just become, I don't know, pass. I don't know. We had a lot of ideas about how this could go, but it seems like this is the way it is going to be orchestrated. And uh, I'll bet you $5. Anyways, okay. <laughs> 
I used to do that all the time. My friends were like, stop betting me $5. And I was like, it's just, I'm just trying to show I, I'm, I'm serious enough to put money on the line. But anyways, all right, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the Biden fiasco, right? Uh, let's get into a little bit of election integrity. We're talking about election integrity fever striking out across the United States of America. Now, this again here is a storyline. It's a narrative. It is a fact of existence. It is a will of the people that a lot of the people in the mainstream media, mainstream, lamestream, fake news media, and their handlers and their globalist individuals don't want to get out. And this is one of the things I think they're trying to clamp down on, at least in the public perception when we're talking about what's going on in Afghanistan. What's happening in Afghanistan is effective enough to uh, damper damper the momentum of this story. Um, and, you know, the only hangup I have had from the jump in regards to this being one of those things that Afghanistan is intentionally diverting from and silencing uh, is the fact that the mainstream media doesn't even report on this anyways. You know, I mean, we don't see any of the major outlets. And of course, we wouldn't maybe five years ago, maybe 10 years ago, we would have believed that Fox would have been jumping all over this. The only one who was really jumping all over this idea, notion, parable was Hannity. And even that stopped after the 2020 elections from Hannity. He stopped espousing uh, election integrity and fraud Shortly thereafter, you know, uh, the judges basically um, uh, swindled uh, people out of affidavits, truth and evidence by not looking at it on technicalities. But uh, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to get away from the minds of patriots and those who are awake, nor those who are America first. We will keep on the ball with this. We won't lose our eyes and our sight. We will maintain focus as this moves forward now. One of the individuals who has been at the forefront of this um, since it began, you know, election integrity, really, I mean, it started with uh, the hearings in November and December with President Trump and his legal team in the five or six most contested states in the 2020 presidential election in regards to fraud, right? Uh, carried on by Matthew DiPerno in Michigan and beyond and, uh, you know, getting to the bottom of that where we had citizens who were awake and effective in starting the process of calling these people to task. Okay. And then it, um, it blossomed in Maricopa County, Arizona, as we saw Maricopa County and the Senate backed by their constituency, because mind you, the Senate, Karen Fan, Wendy Rogers, Sonny Borelli, Chris, uh, you know, um, um, all of them, Kelly Ward, all of them could not have done what they did if they did not have the support of their constituency and they did not, and if they did not know it. They had to have known that's the only way that this could happen, ladies and gentlemen. The will of the people, firing them on, spurring them on, encouraging and giving them courage to fight the fine fight for America and the Constitution and realize that it means a lot more to us than just, you know, doing nothing about it and not even thinking about it. You know, it was the constituency that spurred on the Senate of Arizona to do what they did. Okay. Uh, but Wendy Rogers has been at the forefront of this. Once she got involved, man, this woman has been a firecracker, has been involved, has been, uh, has been going about state to state post Mike Sindel, Mike Sindel, Mike Lindell cyber symposium, 
uh, to spread the word and encourage other states and other fellows in her peership to um, fight for election integrity, to really voice that opinion. Because you know what? It's almost a symbiotic relationship. If the people of their constituency see that they are passionate about election integrity, see that they will fight for what is right in the face of fraud and evil and lies, that they will take courage and do the same. So yes, the Senate of Arizona found the strength in their constituency, but maybe, maybe they gave them that hope by being forthright and honest and having integrity in their views about how elections should run. So now, as I've said, uh, Wendy Rogers has been on the out and about after the cyber symposium hosted by Mike Lindell in South Dakota, uh, Wendy Rogers has been on a national tour talking up election integrity, inspiring and taking back uh, the people's consciousness away from the apathy that the deep state, the globalists and the powers that be have stripped us of our care and attention for our elections and pride in what we do and how we work and even the knowledge of how things are run in America, you know? Uh, she's been to Pennsylvania, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, and that's all of recent. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you one thing for a sure, for a surety of a fact. Uh, in, in regards to the in, uh, um, election integrity rallies that have been taking place Man, it is hard to find content about them, you know, like uh, video speeches. Now, um, Wendy Rogers gave about a 20 to 25 minute speech in Pennsylvania for the rally for election integrity. Uh, we have not aired that on the C channels, and I do apologize for that. I hope you guys got to catch it. Otherwise, we will. Let me know if you haven't, and we'll play it. But uh, for New Hampshire, North Carolina, Virginia, Georgia, trying to find that stuff. It's almost like they asked uh, the people not to film uh, um, for whatever reason. It doesn't matter. I'm sure that, uh, that there's good cause not to or to. Today, they were, in fact, in Ohio. Uh, we had uh, Wendy Rogers as well as Jenna Ellis and um, also a, a candidate for the United States Senate, Josh Mandel. Uh, speaking at an election integrity rally in Ohio, and that uh, kicked off around about 7 p.m., this evening. So if I can find any uh, footage on that or stories, I will most definitely be sharing it with you guys. Again, we have a uh, Marine Corps veteran, Josh Mandel. Um, so he's running for a uh, state Senate in um, the, uh, in the state of Ohio, as well as Wendy Rogers and Jenna Ellis, who is a, uh, an election, a former election, uh, a former um, representative of president Trump in regards to his legal battles, but not only that, because like I said, we all know that Wendy Rogers is going forth and spreading the good word like Miss, um, you know, Johnny Appleseed um, and uh, Johanna Appleseed. I don't know if you want to be, you know, uh, that way about it and uh, and and spreading forth the seeds that will fruit into election integrity. Because after all, we found out during the cyber symposium that we did have all 50 states representative and that symposium was indeed for those individuals to get the data and the knowledge and the know how and the encouragement to move forward with these types of happenings in every state. We need every state audited, all 50 states in the nation, in the union, to be audited for fraud. Because after all, all 50 states in this union were touched by fraud in 2020 and probably before that as well.
you know. But another thing that is good to take heart in the fact that we have an election integrity rally touring throughout the states in this country is we also have statehoods taking it upon themselves to initiate these same types of um, of of uh, exhibitions, uh, you know, um, these types of discourses to the general public. Uh, now, to be sure, we had in the state of Washington, which um, gathering from uh, some of the comments that I've heard from friends in Washington and Oregon, uh, some of them feel like they will get that their uh, their legislature will get away with the fraud, that things will never be questioned, that no one will ever say anything. And it might as well be business as usual in 2022 moving forward because it's not going to happen in their state. Now, there are some states out there that do have that same tone and do have that same feel in regards to how their state handles these types of things. Uh, when we're talking again about, you know, the governor, the House, the Senate, uh, the local state legislative, maybe even down to the municipality level. Uh, but here we see some states are in fact taking the initiative in their own to call for election integrity in their backyard. We had a good example of this coming out of the state of Washington, okay? And this happened in Skagit County, Washington, where they had the Skagit County public hearing on election integrity. Now, this took place, um, let me see when this took place, uh, just a few, just a couple of days ago on August 29th. In fact, there is a lot of video and footage from this event that I was able to find. I won't be sharing it with you tonight, but I will be giving you a little bit of skinny on what they were talking about. Now, the man with the bow tie that you see upon the screen, uh, that is Dr. Douglas Frank. He was also a special speaker at the Mike Lindell Cyber Symposium. And he, as long as, uh, as, as well as an individual by the name of Draza Smith, um, both, uh, and he is a cyber engineer, by the way, uh, they both, uh, they both gave, um, um, a discourse at the Mike Lindell Cyber Symposium, had a lot to teach, had a lot to share, and they brought it back to the state of Washington. They had a public hearing on election integrity for the county of Skagit in Washington, which is, you know, very encouraging. Now we had uh, Dr. Douglas Frank, PhD, Draza Smith as well, um, a speaking as well as uh, Washington Representative Vicki Kraft, Washington State Representative Jim Walsh, Washington State Representative Rob Chase, and Washington State Representative Bob McCaslin, all speaking and vouching for election integrity in the state of Washington, which is good. So if we have any friends out there in the state of Washington, I think it should do good and do well to know that there are people in your legislature, in your lawmaking body who are in fact aware and who are pushing for integrity in your state because Washington as well as Oregon are among two of the states and I mean, California too, I'm sure, even though there's already been proof, even though there's already been proof, hard proof of fraud in the state of California. But over here in Washington, it seems like they uh, hid their crimes so well, it leaves people feeling kind of hopeless, but they're still fighting for it. They're still bringing it to the attempt of many individuals. Now, on um, August 29th, we had over 500 people uh, engaging in this uh, Skagit County public hearing for election integrity. And uh, they were all taking in the information. Of course, this was kind of like uh, the, the cyber symposium where you have uh, you have a group of speakers, you have presentations, you have PowerPoints and all that good stuff. 
we saw here Bill Brutch of Washington State GOP, Election Integrity Chairman, uh, acting as the MC for the event. So that's a pretty good thing. You know, when you have your chairman for election integrity in the state itself, um, you know, supporting this cause. Um, and that included former Skagit County Prosecutor Kay Garl Long. And they both questioned several amazing whistleblowers and witnesses with powerful testimony, including a former Washington State Department of Licensing uh, employee um, and they all had a lot of testimony, a lot of stories that they told in regards to the things that they saw in the state of Washington. OK, and if you guys need a link to all of these videos, let me know and I will drop it for you, uh, because if you're in the state of Washington and you don't know, um, there was a lot of things that were untowards and it all came out during this public hearing. OK, so you had people from the state agencies, people at the local level coming up and stepping up because, you know, they, they weren't really pushing for affidavits in other states than the highly most contended states during the presidential 2020 um, 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 uh, a coup fallout. You know, they didn't go to Washington and say, hey, people from Washington, give me your affidavits, give me your testimony, give me your statements about what you witnessed and what you experienced during this entire process. Well, they brought it out here during this election hearing in the state of Washington, which is not even on the map if you think about it. Washington state is not even on the map. Washington state is as far off the map as Texas is. And Texas decided to make a move on it just because there's enough of us out here who are, you know, um, boil, blood boiling enough about what's going on. We're kind of like, oh, yeah, you got election fraud in five states. Well, what about Texas? Don't forget about us. You know, we got to get on. We got to get on this, too. Can't be just the, the five or six most contended states. You got to include Texas. And in that regard, I'm very pleased to say that the people of Washington, Washington are standing up for this as well, because if Texas was off the map for fraud in the 2020 election, imagine how far removed Washington was. So that's what they had going on there. Um, also, during this uh, public hearing, they had former assistant state auditor. They had a former assistant state auditor that actually reviewed the private funding that was given to them through grants by the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Yes, we're talking about that much talked about. Mark Zuckerberg, um, a funded a nonprofit organization that funneled millions of dollars into counties and municipalities throughout these United States of America in order to prop up democratic and progressive areas so that they would vote the way that they wanted them to vote. And uh, we've seen a lot of fallout from that uh, as uh, as it's coming down, like the state of Florida has banned their state from accepting funds from organizations such like this, because where we have people questioning election integrity in audits like the Maricopa County uh, 2020 presidential election audit, um, you know, and and saying that that is wrong and that we can't have private funding there. Oh, but you can have Mark Zuckerberg fund your elections? Is that the case? Democrats, liberals, progressives, communists, and socialists? Ah, a little bit of that two-faced hypocrisy we see coming through here is kind of what I'm thinking, but we had an assistant state auditor in the state of Washington that just blew the whistle on the funds from the Center on Tech and Civic Life Mark Zuckerberg funded nonprofit and the grants and the money that they funneled into their own state so as to open up their eyes in regards to what was happening and who was paying for what. Because again, 
the main hinge here is that while Mark Zuckerberg and the Center for Tech and Civic Life were funding states' elections in the name of safety due to the COVID pandemic, they were not doing it in a bipartisan way. They were not doing it evenly across the board. They were only funding areas that they knew had Democrat, socialist, communist, Marxist control. And they forgot about the rest of the areas because let's face it, it was all part of a grand scheme. That's another thing that they presented at this uh, public hearing. They also had um, um, Glenn Morgan, who is um, who is um, a part of the We the Governed movement in Washington. And he discussed his experience as a canvasser and how through canvassing, he found hundreds of questionable voter irregularities, enhancing and adding to that narrative, which we have become so familiar with, which is the deep state globalists, the Marxist leftists, all of those people, however you want to call them, uh, they really exploited every avenue of fraud and theft that they could because joke Biden lost by that much uh, there was a government watchdog by the name of Cody Hart who exposed Skagit County election officials undercover informant videos, deletion of election camera videos, PRR emails, and thousands of questionable, ba uh, questionable ballots. So a lot, a lot of irregularities happening in the state of Washington. And to my friends in the state of Washington, all I can say is your time has come, my friends. You know, we 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 uh, here at the Sea Report report on the stories that we're seeing about Georgia, and the stories that we're seeing about Michigan, and the stories that we're seeing about you know um, um, Pennsylvania, and all of the mishaps that happened in those states in Arizona. But never have we had this amount of detail coming out of a state that was so resolutely blue. And, uh, you know, um, um, accepting of these election outcomes as we have represented now in the state of Washington. Ladies and gentlemen, what we're seeing here is that if a state like Washington can find all of these um, all of these um, um, uh, all of these facets of, of fraud and theft and irregularities in their state, an uncontested state in the 2020 presidential election. And this has not even touched the cyber fraud, that it is absolutely feasible that this could have taken place in the other 45 to 44 states in this union. And they have dug it out. And we haven't heard or seen anyone else reporting on this at this moment. Like I had to go to a local to find this information about the state of Washington. And uh, it, it's very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, that we're seeing the same tenets of fraud and irregularities in the state of Washington, the exact same thing, without even touching the cyber fraud, without even touching the absentee ballots, without even touching the envelopes, hand counts. We're seeing the exact same tenets in the state of Washington that exist in the discovered Georgia, Michigan, Arizona, and Pennsylvania elections. So that says a lot right there, ladies and gentlemen, in regards to how far this fraud and theft 
could go in the 2020 presidential election. Uh, now, of course, they also had um, um, Adraza Smith, who is an engineer and a scientist who also spoke at Mike Lindell's Cyber Symposium, presenting her Washington state findings using November 3rd, 2020 real-time Edison data that showed evidence of an algorithm being used in the state's presidential uh, election and the governor races, as well as the congressional races, as Washington state candidate Lauren Culp looked on. Okay, so, oh, wait, we're getting into the cyber aspect of this. It seems to be so. And if they can prove this in a state like Washington, I'm pretty sure, you know, they can prove it in any other state that they decide to visit. Finally, a PhD scientist, Dr. Douglas, pictured here with his bow tie of the, uh, it looks like the, um, uh, the table, of, of, uh, table of, of, of things that cause us to exist. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Douglas Frank, he reviewed his Skagit County and Washington State findings showing that in Skagit County, there was a perfect correlation coefficient, making his case that an algorithm must have been in effect as ballots recorded mirrored voter registrations and explained that there were thousands of more ballots issued than registered by voters in the state of Washington the public hearing event made clear that elections in Washington state may have been compromised. They think so. Kind of sounds like it, ladies and gentlemen. And the state's elections and laws relating to them are systemically flawed. Systemically flawed. So I can tell you for a fact, ladies and gentlemen, this election integrity and audit fever is uh, coming to a pitch. It's coming to a pitch. Looking over at the uh, uh, friends in the chat at the foxhole.app, uh, they totally agree. Uh, Philly Q says, Washington is full of patriots, and uh, they're asking for the link. So uh, let me grab that real quick. And there's uh, and to every, every speaker that I just mentioned to you guys, every portion of this uh, public hearing, there's video. So you can see it as well, ladies and gentlemen. There is video to every speaker I just mentioned right now in this uh, little uh, discourse about uh, the Skagit County public hearing on election integrity. And it's very heartening, ladies and gentlemen, because just think about it. Like if they can prove it and look for it and prove it there, you know we can find it in every state in this union. And as I have said for a long time, every state in this union was touched by fraud. And uh, it must be addressed because if we don't address 2020, we cannot address anything moving forward as of yet. And hey there, Mr. Plora Laura, hanging out over in Twitch. Thank you for holding the light on. Says, I made it. Hello, Mr. C. Yes, I'll hold down Twitch. Thank you, ma'am. And welcome, welcome. Glad you're uh, coming out and saying hello. Yes, joke Biden. He is definitely a joke. All right, let me, I'm going to drop this link in the chat real quick for you guys. Let me go ahead and do that right now. We cannot oh, address. Oh my goodness. Sorry. I was like suddenly like coming out of the kitchen because there's something I got to say to you. Okay. Anyways, drop in the link for this story right now. Skagit County um, public hearing on election integrity. There it is. The story has all of the video links for everything I just mentioned. If you want to share it to your friends, if you want to get it out there, I highly suggest that you do. 
Because again, we have not seen many states that are standing up for election integrity in regards to auditing and blowing the cover on what they found other than the most contested states in this union during that election. Uh, but Washington was not one of those. So it's it's very good that we have that happening now and uh, they can put some, um, you know, juice, gas and fire underneath the feet of the people and exposing these irregularities and what they stand for, what they mean. So we can move forward and uh, we can move forward in uh, getting the rest of our states audited in this union. All right. Next story. We got uh, who's this man here? That is um, that is Glenn Youngkin of Virginia following the fever pitch of election integrity audits. Uh, we've talked about Glenn Youngkin. He's running for governor in the state of Virginia. OK, um, you know, now I've heard Mick, I've had mixed reviews about Glenn Youngkin. You know, I've heard he is a globalist uh, elitist because he's into financing and other things. I've heard good things about him. Even President Trump uh, said some good things about him, but you know what? Uh, I mean, I, I mean, it all just boils back down to research and, and finding out what's going on and track records and history and stuff like that. But either way, in this regard, we had an election rally that actually occurred uh, towards the beginning of this month. So we're a little bit late on reporting this, but in the state of Virginia, they held an election integrity rally in Lynchburg, Virginia. Um, long about the beginning of this month, and uh, gubernatorial nominee Glenn Youngkin did make a campaign stop at this event, and uh, he spoke at this event um, and and encouraged that uh, you know we we move forward with an audit or we look into the irregularities of the vote in the state of Virginia. Again. The state of Virginia had a lot of irregularities. Uh, we covered it here at the Sea Report where they were talking about a lot of the irregularities coming out of the um, districts wherein the universities were housed. And there was a bunch of irregularities involved in that regard. Uh, but um, this was a two-day event uh, for election integrity and America First Patriots in the state of Virginia at Liberty University, and it was hosted by the 5th Congressional District GOP, and it was not open to the press, which is maybe why we didn't catch wind of this, even though the press, they certainly had something to say about this event over there in the state of Virginia. Uh, while some Republicans are demanding what they describe as a forensic audit of the 2020 presidential election in Virginia, of course, we have others who still fathom it as a big lie. The Virginia Department of Elections did say in March of this year that there was a risk-limiting audit of the 2020 presidential election that confirmed Virginia's election results accurately portrayed by winners. Of course, we know that risk-limiting audits are obsolete and from the 80s, and they do not do anything in regards to fully examining what uh, the um, the uh, the modus was and what the uh, the gears were used during any type of election can't do that anymore. They don't hold the weight. They don't hold the water. And plus, they could also cherry pick the types, uh, uh, the uh, the ballots that they want to review or anything to that matter. But again, um, 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 gubernatorial candidate. Uh, Glenn Youngkin did speak at this event, and this is to his credit, to be quite honest with you guys, because again, he is coming from, he's coming down, and I don't, I don't have a horse in this race at all in this regards. I don't even have a preference, personally speaking. 
Uh, but Glenn Youngkin, you know, again, has been mentioned well by President Trump, um, and he is the top GOP contender in this regard for governorship of the state of, of, of Virginia. Um, um, but interesting enough, interesting enough, in regards to the GOP conservative Republican nominees for multiple offices in the state of Virginia at this time, we also have um, a conservative GOP nominee for attorney general by the name of uh, Jason Myers. Okay, Jason Myers. We also have a GOP um, candidate for the office of lieutenant governor by the name of Winsome Sears. Okay, so uh, Jason Myers and Winsome Sears, both. Uh, conservative GOP nominees for offices in the state of Virginia, those two crazy cats decided not to speak at this election integrity rally. Very interesting, right? Virginia, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. You have two conservative, two conservative candidates for office, okay? And these are important, important offices in your state, attorney general and lieutenant governor who opted not to speak at this America first in election integrity rally in your state. Okay. You, you, your ears should be pricked. Spidey sense should be tingling. And uh, the gut should be speaking to you when you're considering how you're going to vote during this election season for these offices. Now, like I said, much to the credit of Glenn Youngkin, you know, he spoke he stood up and said something at this rally. He represented for America First in the state of Virginia. And I'll leave that there. Um, you know, uh, Glenn Youngkin also said in regards to his opponent, and uh, his opponent is named Terry McAuffle. I mean, Terry McAuliffe. He said, um, he said, Terry McAuliffe. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Was that him who said that? I might be reading this wrong. Uh, oh, no, 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 I take it back. It was not. It was not uh, Glenn Youngkin that said this. In fact, it was a member of the Democrat Party of Virginia by the name of Susan Swecker said, Glenn, Terry McAuffle called on you to step down for this dangerous rally, and you didn't, even as other extreme members of the GOP ticket removed themselves. Okay, so the people, and we're talking about Winsome Sears and Jason Myers, uh, GOP candidates for offices, state offices in Virginia, remove themselves for fear, for fear of uh, what the Democrat Party of Virginia would throw upon them. Uh, these are not the kind of representatives that we need representing us. And, you know, sad to say, I couldn't tell you if you had other representatives worth replacing these individuals. Uh, I mean, in, in these instances, sometimes it's better off to just dig up dirt, you know, on the GOP socialist, progressive communist networks that are running them. Um, but I don't know, guys, or, 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 or find out who this find out who they are for the snakes that they are or find someone who is indeed constitutional and will toe the line when it comes to running your state's government. Um, people that you can trust. I wouldn't trust these two, Winsome and uh, Myers, or Myers, um, because uh, them bowing out to an event like that tells you a lot about themselves. And they always say that people show you who they are. And indeed, they have in this regard. Um, okay, and to wrap up the story, um, Youngkin also made campaign stops in Lexington, 
uh, and with police and first responders in Rockingham County and Staunton. And uh, so that just kind of goes more to show you. And like I said, I've heard mixed stories. Glenn Youngkin is a mixed bag over in the state of Virginia. But I mean, perhaps it is worth something exploring, um, at least to get a conservative candidate who uh, outwardly seems America first um, uh, in office and uh, and taking if he, if, he, if that's the story he's telling, take him at 100 percent and hope that he stays there. And if he doesn't, hold him accountable. OK, and like I said, Virginia media and Democrats already condemning Youngkin. His opponent, Terry McAuffel, has called for him to drop out, uh, being that he is uh, festooning the big lie and he is uh, going along with these dangerous um, audit calling uh, for America. So uh, the people who ran this was America First Virginia. This is their website. Let me expand that for you guys so you can check it out. AmericaFirstVirginia.com is the name of it. Uh, so this 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 is pretty cool. I thought, you know, it's always good to know who your local people are to get in touch with and or support. Virginia's for AmericaFirst.com. Virginia, Virginians for America first.com. Apologize. I think, I think I said that. Yeah. Virginians for America first.com in 1776, Virginians led the way to establish our Republic in 2021. Virginians will lead again to save our Republic. Now here's some of the stuff that I appreciated about their website and the content on here. Um, this one right here, let me expand that a little bit more. Um, supporting the America first agenda, the Republican Party leadership in uh, bunny ears was unable or unwilling to support President Trump and others promoting the America first platform. This failure of the GOP was staggering. Too many Americans have lost faith and confidence in our electoral, um, and I'm reading right here, sorry guys, in our electoral system and flailing Republican Party. These losses have led to devastating levels of fear, anger, frustration, and grief. For Americans, the hope of ever regaining their freedoms, liberty, and prosperity is dwindling rapidly. If the GOP can recover and find a way to regain the trust of the American people, it will take years. So these people are totally removed from the GOP, the rhino establishment in the state of Virginia. They recognize them as a detriment to what is preserving the values and, you know, uh, the living, the being of Americans and America in these United States of America. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, Virginians for America first.com. If you're in the area, look it up, check them out. Uh, they're the ones who put this uh, event on, you know, and uh, like I said, guys, uh, we can take them at their word. And if Glenn Youngkin is saying that he's going to be America first and, uh, you know, endorse uh, the audits and hold election integrity up in esteem in regards to their state's vote, uh, that seems to be pretty good with me. Now, this one right here, this one right here, let me, let me just expand that one more time. You have right here and right here your Lieutenant Governor and your Attorney General, Jason Myers and uh, Governor Winsome, uh, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, these two yahoos right here decided not to participate in America First election integrity uh, rallies because they were afraid of the backlash and perhaps they really don't believe in the spirit of America and what we stand for at all. And uh, they're just rhinos 
trying to get in. Whoops, we'll skip that. We'll skip that. And here we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So there we are. But like, what was that all about, Mr. C? Well, maybe we'll talk about it sometime. It's not those two people, those two rhinos that just flashed across your screen are not that important at all. Not as important as this young man right here. And he might be two years younger than me, but that still makes him a young man. And uh, that is one Congress, uh, one uh, California assemblyman, Kevin Kiley. Now, uh, the uh, Kevin Kiley is most definitely uh, coming up um, more, uh, more, more often, often within the conversation, within the dialogue of individuals on the national front. You know, uh, people would maybe not know who Kevin Kiley was if it were not for the um, uh, Gavin Newsom recall that is happening in California right now. And we talked a little bit about California and the recall at the head of today's episode. Uh, but now we're seeing uh, we're seeing that uh, it's really getting into a fever pitch over there in California. Um, in about an hour Texas time, we'll have 14 days until the recall election is to be held in the state of California. And uh, we are really pushing and praying for the recall of Gavin Gruesome Newscum as a governor degenerate of the state of California and to replace him with a, a conservative candidate um, who um, whose values align with those of the American people and the Constitution. Now, of course, a front runner in the uh, governor in the uh, governor recall election would be, as far as the GOP side is concerned, uh, one Larry Elder. You know, and um, you know, I am not from the state of California. So uh, this does not pertain to me and as hard as it would for those who do reside in the state of California. Um, based on what I've seen and learned about Kevin Kiley, I would probably give my vote to him. Of course, in this recall election, we're looking at dozens of candidates who are wanting to take the place and fill the shoes as governor of California. Um, but I would say at least where conservatives are concerned, um, uh, Kevin Kiley and Larry Elder would be the top two contenders. And that's in the face of a former mayor. And that's in the face of a businessman uh, as well, who are notable during this entire recall process. Um, now, we have talked about Kevin Kiley here at the Sea Report, and we've tried to shine a little bit of light on the work he's done for Californians over the years. Uh, we've presented uh, his resume and some of the things that he has accomplished in his time in office and indeed. Uh, knowing the in and outs of laws and legislations within the state of California, he seems that he would be a better fit than um, a personality such as Larry Elder. Um, but far be it to say, uh, Larry Elder does present a more recognizable and a more um, a knowing name within the state that people can identify with. And that kind of is what boils down to the name of the game uh, in this regard. But nevertheless, uh, we would still like to share with you uh, some of the words of Kevin Kiley um, and and uh, his stance in running for governor and as well as some of the policies and ideals that he upholds and believes in in the state of California, uh, because it is of my opinion that um, Assemblyman, Cal uh, Assemblyman Kylie will probably have a larger role moving forward and into the future of American, I, I don't like to use the word politics, but I guess that is where it would say, uh, but how about in the future of American legislative bodies and rulings? And uh, I, I do see that. So this man is full of potential in that regard. 
so what we're now going to do is we're going to share with you um, a video of Kevin Kiley. Now, uh, Kevin Kiley spoke with um, the GOP assembly meeting for Bakersfield, California. And uh, this did not happen too long ago. Uh, I might add the most exciting thing about this, at least for me, is that one of our viewers from uh, the area, Just V, actually sent this footage over to me uh, during um, during his speech, uh, during this meeting for the Bakersfield Republican Assembly. Uh, this happened in July. Okay, some, some of the notable things I would say in this regard is um, that, again, when we're talking about the difference between someone like Larry Elder and someone like Kevin Kiley. Uh, Kevin Kiley has been going around California giving speeches and, you know, talking about, um, you know, his endeavors in uh, um, uh, becoming, uh, you know, the um, California governor. Uh, whereas someone like Larry Elder, who has the name and the notoriety to go along with appeasing that vote, um, in all actuality, give speeches for about $1,000 a plate per attendance, you know, whereas Kevin Kiley is going about and speaking to those um, that he feels um, would benefit from hearing the, um, the voice and the message that he has to say. And, and you know, also in that regard, um, as long as we're on that topic, uh, Kevin Kiley also had no desire, uh, in his words, to run for the state uh, governorship. Uh, but um, his constituents and those he spoke to made it apparent that they wanted him to represent it. He was merely supporting the recall election and supporting the constituents and the people of California in that regard. Uh, but they are the ones who called for him to step up to the plate and actually run as a governor in this recall election. So pretty exciting stuff. And uh, I think uh, just V over at the. We're alive and well here in Kevin. Kevin, I'm not. Kevin. Anyways, <laughs> I was just gonna say I wanted to thank Just V for sending this video footage over to the C Report so we could share it with you all the friends. Uh, and again, we're praying and pushing for uh, the recall of Governor Gavin Grusom Newsom in California. And uh, may it be said, may it be written, this is pretty exciting, great footage. Again, thank you, Just V, for sending this over to the Sea Report, and we are so happy and honored to be sharing it with you all. Uh, now, with that said, Mr. Kylie, <laughs> Assemblyman Kylie, the floor is yours. We're really alive and well here in Bakersfield. <laughs> Reagan said at first that the CRA is the, is the conscience of the Republican Party. And I know a lot of us think about Bakersfield in kind of the same way. So I'm getting a very high level of consciousness right now. It's really good for the soul. I can feel it. Now, this is kind of a dumb question, uh, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I just want to see the results. Uh, who here signed the Newsom recall? I love it. Who here gathered signatures for the Newsom recall? Beautiful. See, that is what is so beautiful about the recall, is we have this golden opportunity right now that is within our grasp. And it isn't because of something that politicians like me did. It's not because of anything the state party did. It's because of what you did. It's because at the grassroots level, people in their communities 
one brick by brick, signature by signature, build the greatest citizens movement in California history. If you think about it, it is a movement that is historic in every sense. It's a movement that's rooted in our history, in what John F. Kennedy called the revolutionary belief for which our forebears fought, that the rights of man come not from the generosity of the state, but from the hand of God. <laughs> How do you like that? Welcome to the Democrat to start. It's a movement that has made history as Californians in record numbers picked up a pen, signed their name, and said, enough is enough. And it is a movement that will change history, showing the rest of this country, the rest of this world, that we are still a free people, and that a free people always has the power to make tomorrow better than today. So yes, I'm running for governor, but I consider myself to be less a candidate for political office than one participant in a historic movement. You know, I am standing on the shoulders of 2.1 million giants. It's the people of California who ignited this fire, lit this spark, and I'm humbled to be but one bearer of the torch. Now, nevertheless, there are some who have said that my campaign is too bold. Too bold, they say. I'm 36, so I'd be the nation's youngest governor. And I'd be leading one of its, well, actually, its biggest state by population. And to which my response is the guy who's currently the nation's youngest governor is also leading one of the biggest states. And I'd say Governor Ron DeSantis is doing a pretty darn good job. <laughs> At our state capital, where politics gets smaller every year, where the loftiest ambitions of lawmakers is a steady government paycheck, where complacency reigns amidst the most obvious signs of failure. At that capital, if boldness is a crime, then yes, I'm guilty as charged. <laughs> now, I've been called a maverick, leader of the opposition, Gavin Newsom's chief antagonist, <laughs> which is all very true. <laughs> passed some of the most groundbreaking legislation in the ambassador legislature in recent years. Topics like freedom of speech, school choice, public safety. I've co-authored bipartisan bills and resolutions. And yet every effort that I have made, or that other good legislators like your assemblyman, Vince Fong has made, to truly get in our state's core problems, to get our state on a new trajectory, has been snuffed out. It's gone nowhere. And that is because we have a political system a state government that is fundamentally broken. It is broken. I mean, think about it. When you pay the highest gas taxes while driving over the deepest potholes, <laughs> your government is broken. When you pay billions and billions in homelessness spending and watch tent cities multiply and multiply all around you, your government is broken. When your child's education is funded up to $26,000 per year, yet she still isn't taught to read, your government is broken. When you get a good job, work hard, do everything right, yet still can't afford a down payment on a house until your 40s, your government is broken. When you live in fear that your light switch won't turn on 
or that your community will burn down, your government is broken. When you are told to take a shorter shower or to let your field lie fallow, as water flows abundantly into the ocean, your government is broken. calculator-wielding thieves rob department stores in broad daylight, waving at the security camera on the way out, your government is broken. When you walk down public streets that double as restrooms and injection sites, your government is broken. When your job is deemed inessential and then your unemployment check flies over your mailbox and lands in a state prison, your government is broken. When your little boy or little girl's face is smothered in cloth for no good reason, your government is beyond broken. Everywhere you look, it is the same story. As Californians, we sacrifice the most and we get the least in return. It's no wonder that two-thirds of our residents now say that kids growing up in California today will be worse off than their parents. And it's no wonder that more and more are packing up U-Hauls to avoid that fate. This used to be the state where anyone could get ahead, where the full glory of the American dream was realized. Now it's the state that so many can't wait to leave behind. How did this happen? What broke our government? How did our beautiful state get to be last in everything? Well, across the world and throughout history, one factor more than any other separates prosperous states from failing ones. And that factor is political corruption. Corruption. Nothing is more ruinous. It is an iron wall of the human condition, that corruption leads to decay. California is the furthest thing from a government of, by, and for the people. Furthest thing. It is a government of corrupt politicians controlled by lobbyists for the benefit of special interests, and no one, no one has ever personified, embodied, epitomized that corruption like Gavin Newsom. As long as dictionaries are printed, when you look up the word hypocrisy, the first entry will be the French Laundry. But what was even more revealing about that night was the company our governor keeps. Remember who it was? A table full of lobbyists. They wine him, they dine him, they elect him, they own him. They've helped him raise over $50 million for this recall alone. You've seen the Elizabeth Warren ads, right? They're paying for those. And it makes sense. When buying politicians is your business model, you will pay anything to stop a citizen's movement. PGD, to take one example. You heard of it? PG&E. As they have given our state catastrophe after catastrophe, blackouts, wildfires, felonies, they have given Gavin Newsom more money than any other politician.
they even pay his wife's salary. And we just learned two days ago that he basically took over oversight of PG&E from the PUC. The former executive director came forward and said she was forced to sign a safety certificate against her will. Another example, it was massive unions who instructed Newsom to sign and ruthlessly enforce AB5, destroying the livelihoods of countless California freelancers. And it was his biggest funder of all who, on whose behalf he has waged war against charter schools. But then during COVID-19, Newsom took this corruption to new levels. Huge no-bid contracts were awarded to the governor's top donors. Powerful interests, including Hollywood, were exempted from lockdowns as small businesses died in droves. But worst of all, worst of all, this governor expelled millions of kids from their classrooms while his own kids were in in-person private school. He inflicted untold harm on a generation of young people. He lowered your child, your grandchild's life expectancy. And why? Just so he could keep getting money from teachers' unions. Maybe for a delusional White House run. If that is not a betrayal of the public trust, I don't know what is. If that is not grounds for removal, I don't know what is. Time and again, my friends, the Newsom regime has proven the truth of that famous expression. Power corrupts. Absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Corruption was already causing California's decline. But Newsom's absolute corruption has taken that decline to a total freefall. California has had the worst COVID-19 experience of any state. Take Florida. All this bad press for Florida right now. If California's outcomes matched Florida's, millions more kids would have been in school, hundreds of thousands more workers would be employed, and thousands more people would be alive. Proverbs tells us that where there is no vision, the people perish. Heard that? Where there is no vision, the people perish. In Gavin Newsom's California, there has been no vision. That is for sure. But it's not because he's blind. This governor drove our state off a cliff with eyes wide open. And now he wants to drive us off the cliff again. He wants to shut us down again. Mask mandates are back. We're seeing vaccine mandates like nowhere else in the country. And he is more than hinted at another school shutdown. Let me tell you this. If I am your governor, that will not happen. On day one, on minute one, I will terminate the state of emergency. That wipes out all state and local emergency orders automatically. Now, Gavin Newsom loves executive orders, doesn't he? Loves executive orders. Here's the thing about executive orders. You can undo them with executive orders. <laughs> For every executive action that Newsom has taken to violate our rights and diminish our freedoms, I will take executive action to restore those rights and defend our freedoms. Yeah. And all of these wonderful state agencies 
these menacing state agencies, CARB, the Water Board, the EDD, the Department of Public Health, I will tame them with a new directive. Serve the people of California. Don't harass them, don't harangue them, don't try to run their lives, don't ruin their lives. And yes, on day one, I will make sure every California school is open, full-time, five days a week, no excuses, and no masks required. But unlike Gavin Newsom, I will respect our Constitution and our separation of powers. Been spending a little time in court on that issue. <laughs> we have a Constitution, we have separation of powers. And so, I will summon a special session of the legislature, and I will throw down the gauntlet. Start taking your job seriously, govern in the public interest at long last, or face the same fate as Gavin Newsom in next year's election. One of the issues, by the way, will be water. You might have seen last week, we have unprecedented cutbacks issued by the State Water Board. Do you see what Newsom's Agriculture Secretary said about this? She blamed Mother Nature and climate change. Mother, oh, and she also said, there's more than enough pain to go around this year. There will be a lot less pain to go around come September 14th, I'll tell you that. <laughs> the mother nature and climate change, the whole point of government is to solve the problems that nature throws our way. Surrendering to mother nature is an outright admission of political ineptitude. So I'm, introduced, I'm introducing a constitutional amendment that will allocate 2% of the general fund budget every year towards water storage and water capacity projects until we increase our annual supply by 5 million acre feet. We have more than enough water that comes to us by the grace of God. We just need to manage it responsibly. And that will be the spirit of my whole administration. Back to basics. Store our water manage our forests, maintain our grid, pave our roads, fund our police. Do the things government is supposed to do, do them well, and do nothing else. In this historic recall, we have a chance not just to reject the unprecedented abuses of the Newsom governorship, but to turn the page at all of the long-standing abuses that got us to this point. We can turn the page on our state's disregard for the well-being of our kids by empowering families with school choice. Yeah. <laughs> we can turn the page on our state's disrespect for the welfare of our workers by enshrining as fundamental the right to earn a living. We can turn the page on our state's disparagement of religious freedom by putting worship and fellowship beyond the reach of any bureaucracy. We can turn the page on the California exodus by rolling back every special interest giveaway that makes it so hard for ordinary folks to get by here. And we can turn the page on this dark era of government control by lighting a new spark of liberty and self-government.
Turning power to local communities and their citizens. Yeah. Less power in the governor's hands means more power in your hands to live your life as you see fit and to have your say in our shared future. That's the larger meaning of this recall. Revitalizing the whole idea of citizenship. Reviving those forgotten words from our Declaration of Independence. The consent of the governed. At the end of the day, this is a movement not just to fire America's worst governor. Although it's certainly that. This is a movement to save America's greatest state. We've already made history, and now comes the fight for California's future. I happen to believe California is worth fighting for. I know all of you do as well, and it's an honor to be in the fight with you. Thank you very much. Very good. There goes Kevin Kiley, Assemblyman of California. Awesome, 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 awesome discourse and speech he gave again to the uh, Bakersfield GOP Assembly meeting in July. Uh, now, this is the kind of work that uh, Kevin Kiley is doing. Now, like I said, he started, he started merely by being a supporter of his constituents in regard to the recall election in California. Did not have his name in the hat, uh, but in time uh, it was found uh, that there was that desire for his leadership. So, you know, um, uh, based on that, based on his resume, uh, resume uh, just V pointed out in the chats, and uh, we mentioned that as well, this is a man, he's the only, only California representative that has not accepted any money from big business, from lobbyists, from, uh, you know, special interests. He's 100% backed by the people of California, and he is the only one, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, aside from his charismatic spirit and, um, and his, uh, his uh, propensity to speak well in public, the man knows his stuff, and he's got their seats to back it up. The only thing he doesn't have is the name recognition in the uh, a, a shortened amount of time to campaign for this recall election. So uh, where some of us might be pulling for him, you know, um, I say I see a bright future for him. Even even in his speech, he was getting kind of poetic at the beginning there. He was, he was, he was using some uh, poetic tools. I noticed. And uh, aside from that, he speaks from his heart and with conviction. And uh, thank you again, Miss Just V over there at the Foxhole app for sending that over to the C Report so we could share it with the viewership and uh, and uh, push the name a little bit more of Kevin Kiley, because even if he does not make it as governor of uh, California, I think uh, Larry Elder already said he'd appoint him in his cabinet, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was the joke. That was the running joke between the two of them. Um, um, I still see a future for this guy um, on the national stage, if not uh, within um, the lawmaking body of the state of California. So thank you again, Jessica, for sending that to us. Uh, we're always happy to play it. And man, coming, 
That's pretty cool. Look at look at how close she was to him. Man, the clarity. My phone is not that good. Let me <laughs> let me tell you what. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. We have one last story for tonight. And we will wrap it up here. I realize we've ran extra long on today's show, but I guess I'm trying to make up for yesterday's absence. Uh, and again, I might do a brief, a brief stream after the show just to address that because I like to do all my housekeeping outside of the shows so we can get straight to the news and we can get straight to the stories and the reporting and the perspective and all that good stuff. Uh, before we get to our last story of the night, I just want to thank Me17 for the can, Sean Joe for the cookie, WC Cranop for the cookie, Stone Roller for the cookie, Just V for the can, Jukani gifting a can, 123SKG with a cookie, Steve66 gifting two cookies, uh, WC Cranop again coming in with a cookie, Just V also with a cookie, Philly Q with a cookie. It, it was almost a downright... Uh, uh, um, uh, cookie tossing contest. We almost had a food fight. It looked like for a minute, I was like, holy moly, everyone's tossing their cookies in the chat. And uh, Just V also with Cookie WC Crane up with another cookie, Just V uh, with cookies two times and our cloaked unseen also donating to the show. If you're watching over on Twitch or on Clout Hub and you're wondering why I'm talking about cookies and cans and and ships and stuff like that. Uh, uh, that is a uh, that is a, a way a system that the Foxhole.app has imparted upon its platform for audience members to um, donate or show their appreciation for uh, the content creators and the shows that come on. Um, but that's not the point of it, you know. Um, you know that's not the point of it. Uh, but my point would be, if you want to be amongst a great and caring and uh, inclusive, inclusive um, um, uh, viewership or audience, then head over to the foxhole.app, make your account, or go over to pill.net, make your account, and uh, join in the family. You know, it's an inclusive and caring and loving and and insightful and uh, and sharp community. And uh, it's housed within a platform that is 100% free speech and does not ban or censor any of its content creators for any of its ideas. Um, and you don't see that too much anymore, especially when we're talking about the giants of social media like Twitter and uh, Facebook and, uh, and the likes. So, all right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to move it to our final story for tonight. Our final story for tonight. And those of us who could not be here may wish that they had. Because uh, tonight's last story involves oh, this man right here. Oh, I so messed it up. I messed it up, ladies and gentlemen. I messed it up. Now, uh, we talked a little bit about Victoria Millie a little bit earlier on in today's episode. And... Um, Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know how it could be that this man, this uh, woke general of the uh, TV broadcast,